you are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com, a place where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. Um, but if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chomp Cast. We have a fresh new Chomp Cast today. The January doldrums mean nothing to us as we have one of the more exciting shows of the year planned. Uh, topic of the show is our personal most anticipated games of 2018. Um, we take a wrench to the ugly mug of evil as we have a five-way discussion about last year's Bioshock-esque sleeper hit, Prey. Um, and that's cool. We don't get to have five-way discussions very, very often. Uh, we finally give the androids of Near Automata their due because it's never too late for humanity as we discuss near automata in all of its glory finally uh, the bio break article this week involves insects with a ballsy approach to love and we have a quick shot of the nintendo direct right into your veins all that and more coming up on this week's show uh, but first joining us today uh, a special guest friend of the show his name is rich meister but we all call him the maestro um, because you can find him conducting his symphonies of text over at destructoid.com. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Uh, yeah, you know, symphonies, that's my jam. That's your jam. And uh, if the maestro thing takes off as a nickname, um, mm. you know, we take full credit. It's yeah, no, you guys, right the, you'll be getting a cut of that t-shirt when it's on the Destructoid store. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, we, we can live with that. We are glad you're here. Great day to be here. Um, as we count down like sort of the games that we're looking forward to this year. Um, and that Nintendo direct snuck in yesterday. And, you know, as someone who writes for destructed, I know there any sort of bit of news or anything like that gets you really excited. So, um, yeah, it's fun time. Cool stuff <laughs> in that direct. It, it was interesting. So thanks for being here. Um, and, and of course it's a new year, but we have the same old crew, uh, up first, and on the theme of, I guess, New Year's resolutions, uh, from Texas, my good friend Fish, the world knows him as the Filipino Johnny Depp. Um, he actually told me before the show that his uh, New Year's resolutions this year include vaping more, which I thought was a bit strange, sleeping less, and finally finishing that Jessica Negri sculpture he has been working on in his basement for years. Um, Anthony Fisher's here. How you doing, Fish? those uh those first two statements yes vaping more definitely that's uh that's a goal of mine for mm -hmm. sure but yeah i've been putting off that jessica negri sculpture for too long and i think it's time to finish it it's uh sitting next to my olivia munn and kate upton <laughs> sculpture as well. that that's good company to be in i think oh yeah uh, whenever uh, i feel lonely i just go down there and you're, you know, you're like well, you're like a really gardener. Discuss what and I do what? There, but... <laughs> <laughs> I said too much. I think. Kind of like uh -huh. a... <laughs> tough like act a... to follow. Kind of like a gardener yeah. who just like it's therapeutic. You know, you just go down there, you're trimming the hedges, and uh, you get lost. Um, gl glad you're here, fish. It's going to be a fun show. Um, oh yeah. Fun fact: the sculpture is actually. Um, composed entirely of copious amounts of sticky Kleenexes. Um, from Japan, Shay Layton is joining us. Um, he sent me an email this week explaining his big New Year's resolution was to spend less time on Tinder because of my constant harassing, 
and more time creating his new dating website. That's right. He's developing his very own dating website. It's called Metalhead Mingle, and it's a place where metalheads can find true love. Shay Layton's here. How you doing, Shay? Really good. Um, the site is a total failure. Um, it was comprised of about 27 men and zero women. So <laughs> I've been forced sounds already, like every... <laughs> already to shut the website down. <laughs> that Sorry. sounds like it's an un... opportunity to me. It's true. Yeah. Where, where true. you see failure, Josh sees opportunity. I deleted my profile, by to the way. Incite so the circle pit? Uh, did you take your profile down, Rich, already? Yeah, oh, 26. 26. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. 26, I don't know what you can do with that. Never mind. That's, yeah. Uh, from the sounds of things, it sounds like every metal show I've ever been to in my life. Um, those demographics, but that's a bummer, man. I was hoping that'd be the place okay. for you. It's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll work on my next dating app, which uh, Fish will be a VIP member, which is... Uh, Women who are sleeping. <laughs> oh no! Oh, seems like a really situational. Uh... Yeah, that's true. How, how does that so work? How about though? how about this? Uh, that's yeah. That's a that's a dangerous subject for me to even entail. Yeah, just, let's stop there. Let's stop there. Like I immediately site? realized how bad that uh, sounded. It's an inside joke about. I didn't, think, uh, I didn't think ahead of fish. time. <laughs> it's an inside joke about fish and his spouse. You know, people will get it. Yes, they know that. Yes. Um, Hopefully, I did have a good slogan to get that. They will. They will. Um, or it sometimes, gets edited out, one or the other. We, we tread that line where sometimes, you know, we, I know we live in a sensitive society where people want to get offended about everything, but we don't really worry about that here because we know that we mean everything with a good heart. Um, and we're about catching each other on that. Uh, but I was going to say this before we move on, Shay. It's too bad it's shutting down because I had a pretty good slogan that I thought you'd appreciate, okay? How's this sound okay. for you? <laughs> Can you say this with a straight face? Blast beats and ass blasters. How's that sound? <laughs> I thought you were going to say hmm. something like bang the drums, then bang the bums. No, well, it's not bad. Um, or, just, or, or shred the bums, you know. Shred the bums. Metalhead, that's right. Yeah. You can shred the bums. No. Yeah. Um, if that's what yeah. you're into, Fish. Sounds... I mean, to each, <laughs> to each their own, and no judgment. Um, <laughs> um, glad no you're here, Shay. Yeah, shred the bombs. And, you know, sleep it off. <laughs> sleep, sleep it off. Uh, anyways, it's a new year. Uh, glad to have Shay joining us from Japan, and um, of course, lastly but surely not least, um, Joshua Fowler is here from Michigan. Josh didn't send me any of his any New Year's resolutions, so I figured I'd try to help him out. Maybe we can do this together. Um, I'm thinking number one, be nicer to Morgan. I think that's a a pretty good start to New Year's resolution. Um, Maybe. It'd be it'd be hard to fail on that one. It it would. You mm-hmm. only have to be a little bit nicer. Yeah. Um, two, tell Morgan he's beautiful more. I mean, again, hard to hard to do worse than I am so far. So, if I'm the worst girlfriend, as you guys call me, ever, you know that that's only par for the course. And then. Um, Maybe edit more Morgan into the show. How does that sound? Maybe just you could take voice samples I send you privately. Um, anything. Just yeah. If I if I make a good point, you could just double it twice. Maybe just for added effect. Something just like, that. like loop ten different versions of your same point. <laughs> the same point. Just put a beat behind like it. A chorus of your point. Yeah. I feel like you're describing hell for Josh. I think mm-hmm. that's actually hell. 
Yeah. I'm, I am absolutely willing to do that as soon as you make a point. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> off to a bad start on that New Year's resolution. <laughs> I agree with Shay. You are off to a bad start on the New Year's resolution. But that's okay, Josh, because there's many days left in the year for you to uh, rekindle that resolution. That doesn't make sense, but we'll go with it. Um, and, of course, I am Morgan Barnes from Montana. Um, great show. Uh, I'm excited to get into this. Uh, one approach we wanted to take to this particular show, a lot of people do anticipated games of the year shows, but we talked about this beforehand, Rich, and we didn't want to feel sort of like a generic, like, oh, let's just go through every game that's coming out or this and that. And it's, it's kind of beaten to death out there. We wanted to make it a little more personal. So that's why I went around and I asked you uh, privately what you were looking forward to the most. And we did the same thing. So we've composed a smaller list for our listeners, but there's more passion and interest there. Uh, from the heart, and we'll kind of go round robin here as I um uh, to everybody on the show, and we'll bring up a different game. So we've kind of planned that beforehand, Rich, and I'll, I'll send it to you first, Rich, because your game, uh, God of War, was yes. the one that you brought up. So tell me why you're excited about it, why you're interested about it. We'll just we'll start the topic, or we'll start the topic of the show off uh, with you. All right. Um. Yeah. Well, I put on you know for my big AAA and all that. Uh, I've been looking forward to this new take on God of War for a while. Uh, I mean, you go all the way back to PS2 era, and that series has been super important, as sort of mindless as it was, and maybe the early entries didn't age as well for that crazy sort of combat, Yeah, and Kratos being sort of a one-note character. Uh, mm -hmm. But everything they've shown of this game so far seems to be taking a deeper, if more serious approach, uh, seeing Kratos in... Uh, you know, tackling the the Norse pantheon and mm -hmm. uh, dealing with being a father and trying to, you know, not just rage murder everything. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, combat what... looks deeper, obviously, like much deeper than it ever was. Yeah. That's true. In a weird way, I think because of that complexity, that the gaming world almost isn't as exciting. Like, it's more divided. Like, there are some people who really crave that that um more involved system and storyline in god of war and then there's this other crowd who's like and eh, no 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 i just want my hack and yeah. slash badassery it's interesting how just like that it's not a little change it's actually a pretty big change it's how can, a drastic can be so change divisive. in tone and gameplay yeah it's basically a reimagining or yeah. evolution, sort of like how Resident Evil went to the first. They totally changed the tone and the look of that series, but almost even even more so. How, where did you stand on the? Um, I know everybody else wants to chime in some more too, but I just want to know, Rich, real quick. Where did you stand on the original God of War games? Like, how did you feel about the original trilogy? I I love those games, but uh, I think I've said before, like I don't think all of them have aged particularly well. Yeah, don't specifically yeah. going back to like the early, like you know, the first God of War, and. Um, I guess I sort of look for a little bit more in a game now. Like, I still think God of War holds up really well, I think, in some respects, particularly God of War 3. Uh, but I'm excited that if they're going to do more God of War, which, you know, they are, they've decided we're going to do something very different. Mm -hmm. Like, breathe some life yeah. into an old franchise in a in a smart way, I think. Yeah, I think it's also kind of pertinent for them because there have been a lot of hack and slasher type combat games to come out after the third God of War. And I think like an example, granted it's not 
precisely hack and slash, but like the Batman series that came out was very similar mm-hmm. in combat style, mm-hmm. you know, and because of yeah, that, where's... It, they, they kind of need a refresh and do something different. Yeah. Create where's... a new identity. This looks like it takes more from uh, more modern RPGs, even like say like a little bit from Dark, Dark Souls. Souls uh, yeah. God, not that you know the Dark Souls of, uh, and even The Witcher a little bit, which uh, is a series I actually started digging my way through for the first time last year. Mm. Mm. Did you get all the way through yeah. it? All the way through the whole Witcher? I uh, did The Witcher two uh, mm. all the way through on Destructoids Twitch. Uh, yeah. And I decided I needed to take a little break and play something else before I jump into The Witcher 3. <laughs> so I'm actually playing through all of Nier on uh, Destructoid's channel on Thursdays mm-hmm. and Saturdays now. Yeah, yeah. Nice plug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's slip it. that in, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm curious Very too because... and well integrated. <laughs> he, he knows what he's doing. He's a master. Um, the, uh, a maestro. He's a maestro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm curious because Corey Barlog is behind it and he, God of War 2 is my, actually my personal favorite. It was at the time, but I agree with you. I don't know if it would hold up that well, but I remember it feeling the most like perfectly balanced to me between action and puzzles. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I love three, but I feel like the puzzles are much weaker in three and the set piece battles are just much better. Um, but Cor- all I lo- set pieces. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah, exactly. So, but I love Corey Barlog, and I'm curious because he de- designed this game. He has a son, and that's his theme. It's something I can relate to. I don't personally have a son, but I have a, a daughter, two daughters. But one of them is right around the age of the kid in this game, or pretty close to it. And he said that this game obviously was inspired by um, what he's grown and learned in life since he's had a kid, which is a lot since the, he made God of War two. Um, and yeah. those those parenting themes, I'm curious as a parent to see if they connect with me or not, or if they feel a little, are they too simple? Are they heavy handed? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be um, interesting to see. It will. It will. Yeah. The the thing that I'm, I'm very curious about is that whether or not they can incorporate like their big set pieces. Cause like in God of War three, like the thing that sticks with me from that franchise was their big, uh, scenes with or their big boss fights like fighting Poseidon or Hades like all those fights well Kratos were... has a whole new set of gods to murder <laughs> exactly and I'm, and I'm curious how they're going to execute on that well like, that, that's one thing that I'm very curious to see how they do that it's my major assumption that where the God of War series goes from here is that Kratos just continuously murders his way through pantheons of gods until he eventually kills the Judeo-Christian god Mm. Oh. oh no, <laughs> Jesus! That's gonna, is, is that's the gonna world ruffle ready exactly. for that? Yeah, him too. Yeah. That's gonna ruffle some feathers if that if he gets that way. I mean, yeah. why not? <laughs> I mean, it could. It could. Well, yeah, yeah. He's gonna have to go through all the uh, Indian gods, though, right? I think like uh, thousands of them. I think uh, Cory Balrog said recently that they were eyeing uh, Egypt possibly for the next game. Yeah, mm. so it seems like maybe that might Does be it, a direction they're yeah. going. That's eventually, like, eventually he's going to make game. his way to India, and it's going to become a yearly release sort of game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just going through provinces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a yearly release oh, no. game. We're going to get a new, new chapter yeah. of the God of War saga as he murders his way through that pantheon. Doesn't that seem a little gimmicky though? Like it just oh, what new gods can we kill now? Like I, I feel like that's gonna. Who's to say that that's even the gimmick? Like I, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. Like I think it's funny to like speculate that, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't even know what they're what direction they're gonna send it in. Yeah, we don't. 
What Mike? The biggest I like, question. I would is, like a weird. I'd like a weird off-brand, like you know how the Predator One was done in the jungle, and then Predator Two was like done in the city. I would like a God of War where he just shows up in modern day and just murders all the annoying celebrities that exist right now. Is it like a Terminator? Kratos so just like shows a, up naked like a in a God bar? of War American <laughs> Gods crossover. Yeah. Sort yeah. of a thing. Yeah. I just kind of yeah, want it to much. take place in like the early 90s for some reason. So you can get that pan shot of like Kratos appearing in Times Square and he's like, Zeus! Like just looking around baffled. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like every movie that starts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, uh, the By biggest great, question. I mean terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. With exactly. God of War, the line between shit. great and terrible. With with God of War, the line between great and terrible is so thin. You have to just walk that tyro. But um, and they have they have done well. I will say, and we can move on. The biggest question is how are they going to incorporate the active time um sex scenes? I mean, is it just going to be a? I think he's already said no. Like oh. that, they've moved on from that. I was going to make a joke behind you know, it. Like that's not a question I really asked or thought yeah. about. I always, I I always imagine. Yeah. Now I always imagine more the of a shot side would, quest. He's got to go. would be his kid sitting outside the door that's like mm. banging. <laughs> Maybe they'll have a real tastefully done. Yeah. Um, like Witcher 3 esque sex scene. That'd be. That's, that's exactly that's, what so, I was just thinking. So it'll like be on a unicorn? Yeah. Well, since this one's about children, this time it's going to be. Kratos paying for a hooker for his kid. And, oh, no. Yeah, that's that's way down the road. It's the only slow. way. The mm-hmm. only way they can amp this up is if Kratos fornicates with a god. That's the only way this can go up. Hasn't he already done mm. that? On a rainbow. On a rainbow. The, the, on a my rainbow? god of war knowledge is, is a little fuzzy, but on a rainbow. Rainbow bridge, uh, babe. Anyways, uh, that, that'll be one that I know... Everyone's kind of on the lookout for. Um, next up on our docket, I wanted to. I'll let you use this one. Um, Far Cry Five. So, I I'm curious about Far Cry Five because number one, I personally have never played a Far Cry game, which I know is pretty crazy because I played pretty much a little bit of everything in my entire life. I've never like I, I don't know if they got me at a weird point in my life or whatever, but I never played a Far Cry game. But this game is set in Montana, and I live in fucking Montana, and it sounds dumb, but there has never been a video game in the history of video games that I can think of that was set in Montana. So I feel this weird, like, kinship um, towards that game. video game set in Montana. Do it. Do it now. See if anything comes up. Um, I'm sure there was something, but maybe not I'm pretty not sure something. you crossed through Montana on your Oregon Trail. <sighs> I, is that really even a video That's game? True. Count That's that? true. <laughs> Call of Juarez Gunslinger and Far Cry 5 are the only things on this Wikipedia list. All right. Oh, man. And Call of Juarez is basically, I mean, we just wiped that from our gaming minds pretty much. It doesn't even exist. So, but, but it's interesting to me as someone who's lived in Montana uh, and obviously is passionate about video games to see sort of their take on i guess it's a fictional montana town obviously but it's their take on there and plus the themes they're going for are they're going to be really interesting depending on how they execute it or uh really awful because you know tackling a lot of you know the religion and, and sort of like this crazy militia that's there and just the trailers that they've released i'm curious that's all i'm gonna say I, i'm really curious about this game more than i would say i'm excited but that's why i made the list for me as a montana resident we will finally be represented i, I don't know what about you guys 
Yeah, I I don't know. I'm kind of iffy on that, to be honest with you, because the way they represent Montana in the trailers is very much the way that the world, like the U.S. thinks of Montana, which it's like they think that we're these like backwoods, hillbilly, southern drawl, talking cowboy type people, because I'm also from Montana, and that's not how a majority of Montanans are. Um, I'm uh, sure there are those type of people in every state. Yeah, it is. It is. And I just, I also like, and this is, this is just personal for me that like with how much Montana has been growing in the past few years, because all these celebrities are going there and then posting about it because it's like one of the last few states that like, it's truly beautiful Mm -hmm. and it's largely uninhabited and like the people who grew up there want to keep it that way. Um, and it just kind of sucks that, you know, like all these, all these, uh, (laughs) media outlets are basically just advertising it, just make it like turning it into a Mecca. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wish, I wish more people thought like you, Rich, because Montana (laughs) is, yeah, Montana. I love Montana because I grew up there, but I mean... Going back to the game, it certainly looks interesting. You look at the trailers, a lot of the gameplay looks interesting. Um, I'm not too big on the story itself yet, um, but it, it it looks beautiful, and it looks like it could be a lot of fun. So, See, I was real interested in what they were doing with that story until more and more of it kind of started to unfurl, and it just started looking like, like I said before, it, it just looks like it's really heavy-handed about the point it's trying to get across. Mm-hmm. And I, I get why Montana was chosen for the setting in the sense of that large, the large uninhabited areas of that state. Like the whole idea being it's this town that is able to essentially cut itself off from the free world. So this could realistically be a scenario. Like I, mm-hmm. I understand that aspect of yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Was it loosely based? There was some, yeah. I don't, I don't go into it. There was loosely based off an incident that happened in Montana. Uh, like this guy anyways but um we'll talk about that later but uh you're no, that's a good point and i i agree like the vignettes they've kind of released or the little trailers have had me kind of feeling the same way but i'm trying to be optimistic that, hey this is the thing everyone's forgetting it's got fishing guys come on it's got fishing and and a dog and a dog well who brings you a, guns but will he bring me my fish if i catch the fish well i guess i'm gonna really need that help i just reel them in myself yeah that's kind of how what the fishing rod's for that's how fishing yeah. works. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It <laughs> seems like you're you're putting an extra step in there for no reason. Yeah. If like you pull I'll out the, the rod, fish. he bites it off and then yeah. brings it to you. Runs no, around the lake the fish, and brings it back and to you. And then I make the do- yeah, I make the dog jump in the water and then take bring the fish back to me because I'm too lazy to reel it in. I'm an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, any game with fishing. So, um, all right, I will take the pause as that is all we need to say on that one. Next up, I have the fish coming in hot with Red Dead Redemption. Um, Fish, why are you excited? Well, okay, to be fair, this is what happened. Fish told me he wasn't really excited for anything. I just, I gave him Red Dead Redemption because somebody had to introduce it. So, Fish, Red Dead Redemption, why are you excited about it? <laughs> well, I've never played Red Dead Redemption, and I figured... You mean never played Red Dead, um... <clears throat> did I fu- okay, I, did I fuck it's the name up? Game. Hold on. Huh? Um, you, no, I fucked... You got the name. I, Red, no, no, what was the, oh, God... Um, Red Dead Revolver. The, the no, the first one. What was the first, the first one? First one was Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And um, it was a purchase license. There was a game before that called Red Dead Revolver. 
Yes, that's what that's and this one's just Red Dead Redemption Two. That's yeah. True. Okay, sorry, I fucked the name up. That was my my fault, brain fart. Okay, go ahead, Fish. You're right. You never played Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, um, but I hear great things about that game. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's a Rockstar game, so yeah, it's been a while since Rockstars came out with their next open world game. Um, and yeah, I don't know about. I I I fell off of our. Uh, uh gta 5 um pretty early on in that story like i never even got up to like trevor or any of the like better characters in that game and um hmm. yeah i like why that open world, why did you I don't, fall I, 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 don't, I don't know i like it like the graphics are were beautiful like driving in that game like moving around the the city was great and everything but like it just didn't it, hook you it, nothing really hooked me as mm. far as like story beats or like gameplay went like that still felt like a regular gta game that i've been playing you know since uh san andreas and mm-hmm. yeah so um the, the the only gta game that really hooked me was san andreas and gta yeah. 4 um but after that, like, I felt burnt out at that point whenever GTA V came around, even though it was on the PS4 and they upgraded the graphics when they came out on the PS4 and everything. Yeah. And added Has anybody... a bunch of new features. But, like, Red Dead Redemption 2 sounds like it, it could be a new start as far as, for me, uh, into Rockstar's open world games. And I'm curious to see what they do with it because... We had an open world game that came out last year that uh, kind of set the world, set a new bar as far as like open worlds go in, in Zelda say Breath of the Wild. breathed new life into the open world genre, you could say? Hopefully. I would say so. I mean, it, who knows why they, why exactly they, uh, you know, uh, pushed back the release date on it, but they, they might have took some notes from Breath of the Wild and started so That's a good point. So you're saying features. the bar has been raised. They're now we have to shrines. see how they were. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be great. They're shaped like yeah. cowboy hats. They come out of the ground. <laughs> you have to solve weird puzzles. How do I get this body on the track so the train yeah, yeah, weird <laughs> Um Demented what kind, Southern kind of knot do I tie to this body <laughs> yeah. here? You have to like manually tie yeah. the knot to the body before the train runs it over. Um yeah, anybody else here not really complicated knot on it. You just untie the knot, go inside and take your crap. You have to and... turn your switch to do it, like <laughs> flip it upside down. Oh no. None of that turning the switch shit. Please. Uh Red Dead's not coming out on the switch, is it? No, it's not. No. Oh. Wow, switch getting a mm. shaft once again. Um wait, did anybody else here not play Red Dead Redemption, the first one? I did. I played it, but I'm just wondering played if anybody besides fish. Okay. So we're we're all caught up, fish. You're the only one who is mm. uh well, you're not going to talk me into playing the first No, one. no. I, at this point, just wait. But I'm just saying, the thing that separated at the time for me was, like, you were no more, like, annoying cities and obnoxious gangster characters. It was just you and this giant, beautiful world. You could go hunting. The The storyline had this dark, gritty, like, almost more of, like, an artistic tone to it um, that I felt like GTA was kind of lacking. It, it was, and, and the story itself had a lot of crazy twists that you did not expect. The combat was great. It had sort of a, they did, like, a slowdown mechanic, almost like a Max Payne sort of thing, but it felt like... Very, it was classy how they did it. It didn't feel overwrought. And you could do train robberies. You could do train robberies, yes. It was one of my mm. favorite things. It was just, <laughs> just jump on a train, put that mask on, whistle for your horse from the back of it, and be like, peace out, fuckers. <laughs> I don't even remember that, but it was that. Good games. Sounds, yeah. Yeah. 
Do you, yeah, I'm curious to see how they tackle this. Yeah. Have you ever had the fantasy Oklahoma. fish of being a cowboy? Have you ever fantasized about... Oh, so many times. So mm-hmm. many times. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a day that goes by where I'm not fantasizing a 10-gallon hat on me, mm-hmm. boots, spurs, yeah. nice mm-hmm. tight Wrangler jeans. Mm, tight. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our listeners are getting a little hot and hot and heavy listening to this, and that's a mental picture that I don't want to forget. Um Okay. I know I'm about to erupt. Into a yeehaw. (laughs) Let that one hang there. You know, a fish, the only bummer is you can't, there's no vaping in the Wild West. You're actually going to have to roll your own cigarettes um, to get your nicotine. Mm -hmm. He can smoke a pipe, pipe tobacco. That's true. true. Save yourself some time. Seems more fun, right? Like as right. like when I I don't smoke anymore. When I did smoke, my favorite thing about it was just like the act of it was was fun. Like getting a little pipe or a cigarette or getting on the porch. You know, I did, the actual smoking was just secondary to the you know experience, which sounds ridiculous. I know. So, mm-hmm. uh, anyways, Red Dead Redemption sounds like we're all good on that one. That is going to be one of the biggest games of the year, um, and I hope it's it going to be really back. fun. Oh, with with the power of today's consoles. That thing could be really, really special. But I like Fish's point. Let's see how they respond to Zelda raising the bar. Um, all right, Josh, I will throw this next one to you, my friend. Um, so I gave Josh a way out because I remember that he had mentioned on our E3 show that he was excited about playing a way out. I think it was his most anticipated or his favorite game of E3 last year from the show. So, well, yeah, one more, of them. Josh. There was there was a bunch of good stuff from E3, but yeah, a way out is number one. A, a prison escape co-op game, uh, mm-hmm. like a couch co-op game, which sounds A, amazing on its premise in general, but also anytime I play a really cinematic game, like any of the uh, um, Uncharted games or anything like that, I end up playing it in the living room with the rest of the family sitting around watching it, um, mm-hmm. You know, the wife especially. This basically just lets us both play the game at the same time. And that mm-hmm. sounds like such a good idea. Just such such a good idea. Um yeah. Yeah, I'm I I am absolutely so picking this up to play with play with my wife as soon as it comes out. That so thing a big looks unique as hell. Yeah, sorry, Rich, go ahead. I didn't mean to. Yeah, sorry. Um the the whole and uh even if you're playing online, only having to have one copy of that mm-hmm. uh is a big That's cool. like, you know, uh draw in uh the creator or the creative director, whoever that guy is, is mm-hmm. one of the weirdest Joseph Ferris. Yeah, one of the weirdest dudes I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And I'm I'm kinda cool with that. The game awards <laughs> yeah. made him a little mini celebrity for a yeah. while. Yeah. He he became like gaming's Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just for a little bit he did. Um, no, that's yeah, a good. I, I mean, I'd I'd like to work for that guy honestly as a developer. Like, I'm sure he's really chill, just like walking up to all the people developing stuff. He's like, yeah, that that'd be cool. Make that extra fucking awesome, please. He's like, oh, I know exactly <laughs> what you want, Joseph. I'll be right on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's a good point, Josh. Like. Depending on your household, like for me, my girlfriend likes to watch, but she won't play anything, so it doesn't really have the same appeal. I'd like to play with you guys, but that's a good point. Like couch co-op, do you do you have a household or friends that are be going to be interested in this? Um, that's a huge selling point for what he's going for. Yeah, um, 
and it's replayability, right? Like there seems that there's a lot of different things that can happen, so you could play the game again and again. I'm assuming it would take a very different path. Also, uh, depending on which character you play as, maybe you know play through it once, then flip it with somebody because you go, oh, I, you made this choice here, but I think as that character, I would have done this, and you yeah. can just you know see it unfold in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I hope it turns out with enough variation from those choices instead of you know kind of like a, not the, a, the yeah, typical c- web out and then back to the same yeah exactly point. like a lot of the um telltale games ones which mm. are great they make you feel like you have a ton of agency but you don't mm-hmm. um but for this to have the replay value for a couch co-op thing they kind of need to give you a bunch of options or or at least tell you from the front you know from up front there's no reason to replay this sort of a thing um yeah yeah because otherwise it would be it would kind of ruin the the magic i think if your decisions ended up not making any difference it's true i mean the thing i'm curious about because i love to see indie developers get their big shot at a triple a game which i this is mostly it looks like it's a triple a game because you know this is the he made brothers um mm-hmm. i believe so this was like I just love the idea of like uh, an indie, a successful indie developer getting a shot at making something big, but keeping that indie level um, passion whenever they go over. But also, the only thing that has me concerned, and then I guess we can move on unless somebody else has they want to say, is just that it doesn't look super incredible. Like the like the visual style of the game looks a little bland, um, which has me a little worried. I don't know if that's just a budget thing or what, but if you look at the trailers and stuff, it just it doesn't look like the most visually impressive game. And if it's a simple game, like a co-op game and story-driven game, I'd like to think that it looks really good. So that you guys uh, don't feel that way? No, it that actually it looks like it's that looks like his style actually. That's his style as far as like artwork goes. Um I haven't played Brothers, but um if you if you look at screenshots of it, like you can see some similarities as far as art style goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one, uh, I'm hoping like the art style is not necessarily what's going to be the deciding factor as far as like it being interesting. Like for me, it's it's probably going to be the dialogue between the characters. Um, well, I don't know if it's your graphics or sometimes you've been known to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's true, but I've also enjoyed, uh, you know, little games like, uh, I don't know. Give me an example. Uh, Inside, maybe? Inside yeah, is beautiful that great art style. Yeah. It, they got great art style, but like you zoom up on the faces of those characters, it's all yeah. blurred out and everything. But I think that's part of the, the look it was going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, 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 in, that, in that specific case. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just giving you shit, Fish. I'm just. I, you know, I'm not saying you're superficial or anything when it comes to video games. Mm. I'm just it sure sounded like it. <laughs> it's just I'm just saying. Um, but you, go ahead. So can t- finish your point, or did I fuck you up and throw you off? Uh, you fucked me up. Okay, sorry. That's the least I can do. I'm excited for that game though. Yeah, I can't wait to play it with you guys. Oh yeah, that'd be Don't cool you- if we we played it like in tandem. Actually, like a four way type of thing. <laughs> uh, we can Always down so- for a four way. Oh, that's fish. <laughs> Spanning his horizons. Um, so we'd only need two copies of the game then, technically, right? And we mm-hmm. could play all four of us could play. That's true, yeah. Saving money for the Chomp cast. Mm-hmm. 
And we appreciate that. Um, all right, up next on the docket is an interesting one. Brr, Shay um, has been really excited about a game called Biomutant. And uh, he yes. wanted to discuss that. Yes, What's I would Why are you excited love... about it? <coughs> Excuse me. So, first off, um, <laughs> this is a game that was kind of relatively unknown to me until um, earlier this week, and I've been research- researching it a bunch. It's an action mm-hmm. role-playing open-world game, of course, as all open-world games are. The nice thing about it is, like, when you customize your character, um, and you can do a ton of customization, it affects, like, the oh, appearance yeah, yeah. affects um, the characteristics. So, like, if it's a heavier set character, it's going to be more durable and strong, but obviously slower and vice versa. Um, the store, like, the, the missions are kind of depend on how you interact with NPCs and the more the friendlier that you are with these NPCs, uh, the wider the area becomes, which is, allows you to have more missions. So it's dependent on how you interact with the world. Um, of course, it has a karma system like most open world games do. Um, <clears throat> and one really cool thing about this game is, even though it's fully narrated, you can control the narration level um, in the options menu, which is something... I don't think has really been done too much in video games, but um, hmm. the premise behind it is basically, and this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll open it up to you guys, um, is basically you're playing as this um, mutated raccoon-like animal, and mm-hmm. this poison has come up from the earth to poison the tree of life, and you need to basically go to the five roots which extend across the world, and basically cure these this tree of life through the roots so um it is this this development studio experiment 101's first game so it's going to be really i think really exciting to see how it pans out because there are these employees that branched off from avalanche studios which is famous for making the just cause series and mad max so I'm really excited for it. It looks a lot of fun. It's highly customizable. I don't know. It just looks awesome. Hmm. Have you seen anything on on Biomutant, Rich? A few quick things. Like, I didn't know too much about it beyond that uh, leaked screenshot that originally got it recognized, like the character photo from a Mm -hmm. while back, and that it would be an action RPG. I didn't know too much in the detail area, but it always looked intriguing. Just kind of wait, waiting to hear more, you know. Yeah, I, I'm the the thing that grabbed me the most. Shay was also the the character. If you find a video on Biomutant, if you're curious about it and you're listening to this, um, the the character creation in that game is just insane. Like the amount yeah, it's of very, very detail, very huge. Um, and it's cool. The character, it's like you're basically warping this little, weird little fox character. To, <laughs> I, like, I like the character a lot. Like, I like the idea of like this. Hey, do you want to play an RPG? You're fucking Rocket Raccoon. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and to, to however degree you design your weird ass looking Rocket Raccoon. So um, just, yeah, I, re- I recommend anybody look up Biomutant character creation on YouTube. It just 
watch the that's i mean everything else about the game looks beautiful looks fun but i mean that's not really enough to get excited about anymore for me just seeing the character creation how that affects the game like me and my girlfriend will sit down and play games and the character creation is like the thing sometimes that we enjoy the most in some games like mass effect andromeda i enjoyed making my character more than the actual game and the character creation in that game isn't even that great well, that probably speaks to the quality of that game not yeah. the yeah. quality of the character creation i should that's really true. get you some of those barbie dress-up games on Steam, no, just Josh so you can sit around, the two of you can create <laughs> characters all day. I oh. I do it with her when she plays her, like she'll play The Sims or Dream Daddy or something, and she'll be like, oh, help me make a character. So I'm like, all right, I'll do it, whatever. Does Dream Daddy like, oh, ever create a character? Class. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah you get daddy to create your daddy. It's, it's sitting in my Which my is Steam not usually queue. how that works. Yeah. Mm. In her case, she got to, I got to see her Dream Daddy, and I'm like, hey, doesn't look anything like me. The hell is going on? And she here? was like, "Yeah." <laughs> it was weird. So her you noticed daddy, that her dream daddy was a Filipino, glasses, little goatee, <laughs> slick back hair. I, it's strange. I, weird. Oh, that sounds awfully familiar. That's it's like my look uh, right now. Huh. Oh. I, I don't know. I, I hadn't put that together. I, you know, I. Wait a second. Um. But yeah, no, it. That that's what I recommend people doing. If you haven't heard about it, um, it's going to fly a little bit under the radar. Um, up next, we have. So I'll go. I'll introduce this one. This game is called The Last Night. Now, this game is probably the one I'm the most excited about, but it's also the one I know the least about because they haven't revealed a lot of the gameplay, which is always dicey. No matter how good a game looks, if you don't know what the game's going to play like, there's always a big question mark. But I remember when me and Josh were watching the E3 stream. And they showed the last night trailer on the uh, the Xbox stream, and they lied to us and told us that it was an exclusive. And I became very irate for a short amount of time until Josh assured me it was going to be on PC. And uh, it was just their evil wording mm-hmm. that I, me and Josh, we like both lost our shit. Like that game has one of the most gorgeous styles I have ever seen in my life, and I'm not exaggerating that. It, just in my opinion. Um, the, the music is right up my alley, sort of like synth wavy, dark electronic. I hate to compare everything to Blade Runner. And honestly, I, that's the easy comparison, right? Some sort of, um, futuristic cyberpunky kind of world that, you know, we've always dreamed about living in, but I hate to make that every, this is like Blade Runner. This is like Blade Runner. It's just, I fucking get tired of that shit. I love ramen. This is like Blade Uh, Runner. mm -hmm. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of Coke in there. (laughs) <laughs> i feel like it's kind of a cheap comparison but that game i've watched if you haven't seen that either the last night trailer look it up i've watched that trailer like 10 times in a row when it first dropped just i'm praying that game is actually good it looks like an adventure game because they've nailed everything for me it's like a dream come true as far as the aesthetic goes so that's kind of my starting thing there i can say that's unironically have, like, five dream come true a year <laughs> i i do have a lot of dreams Shay. which I, doesn't explain your explain your levels of stress no, no. I get excited about get everything. Like maybe it's... one every three, four years. And this is not a joke. Like Just we'll talk about this later. When <laughs> yes, let me go. And when 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 somebody messaged me and said Blastoise was going to be in the new thing, which we're going to talk about later, I don't even have that game, and I I couldn't even think. I was having a heart attack. My heart was beating fast at work, and I was like, I gotta go to my car and text everyone that Blastoise is going to be in the new. You know, so like I have a problem about getting excited about things. <laughs> but for the record, fun yeah, story yeah, about we, that. We've known that for a while. I forgot Wait, I, I had that game. 
You forgot you had Pokemon uh, yeah. Tournament? I, I saw they were adding Blastoise, and I was like, oh, I should just buy that preemptively. And my Switch was like, you can't buy that, moron. And I was like, what do you mean? They're oh. like, you, you own it. You're, in more, you're an idiot. And I'm like, yeah, this is where I'm at. I was going <laughs> to oh, throw wow. more money at this fucking thing. That's a sad realization. <laughs> you tried to buy it twice. No, Nintendo's really, really going to fucking though. get you. It's not the first time it happened. That'd be mm-hmm. a devious Nintendo thing one day where you accidentally can buy a game twice. Yeah, <laughs> just they'll, they'll let you buy it as many times as you want. <laughs> well, Steam would let me do that if I didn't catch it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, don't you want to give this to somebody? <laughs> no, I hate everyone. Uh, I'm sorry. Does anybody have any other thoughts on the last night? No, it just looks good. It reminded me a little <laughs> bit visually of like a mixture between. Like Hotline Miami and Blade Runner in terms of the music and visuals. So I'm just really excited mm-hmm. to see, like you, what the gameplay is exactly going to entail. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it looks gorgeous. That what world is it? looks cool. What is it? So, I mean, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be hilarious if it turns out to be like a a poker simulator. Mm-hmm. Just all that beautiful yeah. visuals and audio for it to be that. Don't even say that last night. Yeah, it's because you spent all your money and you your whole life falls apart at that It's moment. a MOBA. Yeah. No. Uh, no it's, 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 it's a dating a, sim. It's just a PS4 skin. Just a PS4 skin. Last night you'll have oh. spend with that console. Mm-hmm. It's a visual novel <laughs> slash MOBA. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh, not to ruin your joke, but it can't be a PS4 theme because it's uh, only Xbox and PC. Well, it yeah, timed exclusive. It, it comes oh. out as a screensaver <laughs> on PC, only yeah. on Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. It'll the uh, man that would be a great theme. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, anyways, that looks that looks incredible. Again, if you haven't seen the last night, go YouTube a trailer of it. I show everyone I can that thing. Um, and then I fantasize about how I wish I could wake up one day and just be living in one of those cyberpunk worlds and watch, walking around smoking cigarettes, muttering yeah. gruff things about life under the neon lights as I look for another, yeah. you know. Because the whole point of all those worlds is how great they are to be then, to be there. Got another stiff up in the north end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Say that things like that. <laughs> I want to say that. I haven't seen fish in days. Do you light three cigarettes at the same time? <laughs> three. Of one. Yeah. Then, then, as then as you exhale, you say something like, "If they're gonna kill me, they might as well do it fast." As you yeah, drag yeah. on three cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You got it down. That's exactly what I want. Um, like, just they have that shot in the trailer of him waking up in his bed, and he's just kind of looking around, and you're just like seeing the stuff in his apartment and like the lighting, and everything. It's like, man. Just having a boring day in that world seems so much cooler than a boring day in our world. Uh, and that's why I love video games. Um, okay, uh, next up we have Shay is very excited about Super Meat Boy Forever. Tell us about that, Shay. Yeah. Uh, I think it's no, and it's already well known that basically I love Super Meat Boy. I've loved it over the years. I've been waiting for a sequel for going on seven years now it's finally Mm -hmm. coming um i'm a little nervous just because of the fact that it's not quite the same game as the first one but that Mm. might be a good thing because the first one was so to me such a good game for them to just make the same content would be i don't know kind of like a disservice so this game super meat boy forever is like a side-scrolling 
kind of, not quite side scrolling. I don't know how to explain it. You you run to the right, but you like you can still bounce off like the platforms, and you have to have precision timing. So like side scrolling. <laughs> It's less it's vertical because you can go to the left too. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. It, it seems like it's a lot less vertical. <laughs> That's so good. We're not uh, making fun of you. We're laughing with you, not against you. Josh is laughing at you, but we're laughing with you. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, the the difference in this one as well is that you can actually punch enemies. Um, so there's actual combat involved. Granted, it's still oh, very weird. simple. I didn't know that. Yeah. There, there's combat in this one now. Um, it's still kept a very simplistic formula, like in layout scheme of the buttons, like the first one. So I'm still really excited. Mm-hmm. The the only other downside is um, Ed McMillan and Tommy. I cannot pronounce his rap, last name. Refenis. Refenis. Anyways, mm-hmm. sounds um, right. They, they have since parted ways. Um, yeah, it's not really known why. So they're basically, they're both making their own games now. Tommy ended up getting the rights to Super Meat Boy for whatever reason. So he's making this new one. Whereas Ed is working on The End is Nigh and The Binding of Isaac off and on still. So they're kind of in separate camps now. And I mean, it's a little worrisome because I think that, I mean, it was originally Ed's baby and... I think that the two of them together created such a good game. And granted, Ed is over at his camp still making really good games in The Binding of Isaac and The End is Nigh. It'll be it'll be cool and interesting to see if Tommy can capture the magic of the first Super Meat Boy. I'm a little hesitant, but I still think it's going to be a great game. And even if it's not as good of a game, I'll still probably be completely biased. No. At least yeah. you're honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see it just because I have I've already played the end is nice, so just to kind of see what uh, the other half of that duo has been working on, um, mm-hmm. you know, alone just just to kind of see how that you know half of the team works. It, yeah, it's weird because yeah. the end of the kinda, the end is not. Okay. I'm sorry, I apologize. Go ahead. Okay, um, I the end is not. It's weird to me because when he split off and we played The End is Nigh this year, it was very similar. Weird to me that he went off to make something very similar to what Meat Boy is. Um, and it was fine. It didn't really like move. It wasn't super exciting for me either way. It didn't really move the needle for me. Fish hates it when I say that. He's like, if I hear Morgan say move the needle one more time, I'm going to chop his dick off. But and it just didn't really move the needle. He for is me. giving that a look. That's what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because he knows it's you're talking about I'm your own getting. needle. Every- <laughs> oh, it all makes sense now. Um that thing doesn't need to be moving. Uh, ne- yeah, needle um, envy. But uh, so basically, it's one of those things where um, I I was underwhelmed by that. But I agree with Shay. Like they are they are a team. They are a power duo. And the, to experience Super Meat Boy without one of them is kind of depressing to me. Especially after watching that documentary with the the an indie movie. What is it? Sorry, remember uh, an indie video game movie? I don't. I can't remember the name of it, but it's on Netflix and. That sounds right. Or the indie, indie game. Ga- no. Indie game, the movie. Yes. Yes. Indie game, the movie. That's right. Um, and just to see how close they were and how they fought tooth and nail to make uh, Super Meat Boy a thing is, is kind of a bummer. So, uh, and, oh, and here's, here's a cool thing, Fish. Su- this is coming out this year. 
you have an opportunity, Fish, to enjoy Meat Boy for the cheap price of fourteen ninety nine now on your Nintendo Switch. Play yeah, it just shades. came out today. Did today? Oh, mm-hmm. hmm. for fifteen bucks. That's not. That's okay. a good deal. So okay. I. Let's put it this way. I will say this. If Fish buys Super Meat Boy on the Switch for $15, I will also buy it to play it, to talk about it again on the show. But only if Fish buys it. If Fish does not buy it, I will not be going back down that hole. Probably important to mention that, uh, you know, as the time of this recording, that Switch version is doing gangbusters. Is it really? Yeah, it's it's almost sold as much as the 360 version. Yeah. Wow. What? Yeah. Wow, that is nuts. that's crazy. I assume they both get the money from that, though. So even though they split, I assume that they're both sitting there going, all right. Well, it, uh, it might depend it seems on, to not I don't know, know the legalities. <gasps> no, that yeah, would there's be no fucked way to, up. There's no way because Ed Ed basically gave the rights. Or I don't know if he get. I guess I shouldn't pr- presume, but Tommy has the rights at this point because that is Team Meat. Ed is not no longer at Team Meat. Mm. So I don't know if he gets anything from that anymore. Yeah, I think uh, recently he even said, like he was asked in an interview or something, um, are you seeing any royalties for that art? And he said, I have no idea. <laughs> the fuck? That is crazy. Well, it probably just depends on what the contract was going into it, because even if he was part of the, you know, owned part of the company going into it, he probably still had a contract in there for whatever he did, just like, yeah, you know, any other, you know the composer, anybody else who worked on it. Um, yeah, you'd think he would get a small percent, maybe not yeah. as much as he would have before. Yeah, probably not like a shareholder, but, you know, something. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Come on, so, Shay, dig into it, Shay. Get him on the phone. Get Ed on the phone mind. right now. Uh, uh, from, from all I've read, Ed is not the most personable person because he doesn't really like people. So I will abstain from... Attempting to find his number, yeah. then call him, and that's no yeah. fault to him. That's just who he is. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, it's it's so impressive that they're it's doing that well, and I think it's I think it's a really good step for them because they had such a difficult issue getting the Super Meat Boy on a Nintendo console because it was originally slated to be for the Wii and the Wii U, but then there were some mm-hmm. rights issues, and then it never never seemed to happen. And but the Switch then, is such a good place for it. Oh, so oh, yeah. perfect, yeah. It's 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 such a, like, you can pop in and out of that game so easily for that to be mobile now, mm-hmm. essentially, with the Switch. Not but also, mobile, but... I want to, like, I don't know if I want to play that game without a D-pad. Uh, well, That's I don't think I used the D-pad. I, true. I think I used the joystick, actually. Yeah, the joystick actually works okay-ish mm-hmm. for, for the way... Because he's got so sticks. much momentum on him. It's very sticky. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I, I did use a joystick too, but I mean, I could see people wanting to use the D-pad for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see that too. Because I mean, I played it I played it with an analog stick when I played it on console. And then I also have it on PC and I just play with the keyboard because that's the best way to play it on, yeah. on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I can see both ways. Um, yeah. Yeah, we can swing both ways. Um, yeah, so that that's cool. So maybe if, if Fish picks that up, maybe we can talk a little Meat Boy next week. Um, and if Fish doesn't, then 
You know, it's because he hates you and he wants to ruin your life. Um, coming up next, we have That's the tr- not <laughs> true. Uh, just go with it. Come on. Um, okay. The last That's one. On the- true. <laughs> the, la- the last one on the list we have here is Upfish. Um, I put this under fish as well, just to throw him under the bus. Uh, Detroit, because he wanted to fight so hard for to get Detroit on this list. David Cage is next man. Now, I want to say for the record, we, <laughs> we had a fight about this. That was off- a joke. I know. We had a fight a about joke. this off the podcast we don't have to go into. Um, but for the record, <laughs> we all enjoyed Heavy Rain a lot. Um, at the time I did not personally even play beyond two souls and that's kind of where I've been. It's a good choice. It was a good choice. <laughs> uh, I can respect that life decision. It, yeah. It, yeah, it just looked a little bit too, eh, I wasn't feeling it. Um, but heavy rain at the time, it was a uh, very emotionally affecting for me it, where the PS3 was too at the time. It felt very ahead of its just mm-hmm. technologically uh, incredible, but fish Detroit, Tell us why you're excited about David Cage's next masterpiece. Well, I, I could bullshit here, but <laughs> I'm, uh, I mean, I'm really not. You're a fan of no, his yeah. tact. <laughs> you're you're He's, you're a fan of David Cage's use of restraint. <laughs> I guess. Um, okay, so if yeah, this if is not thing you can sure. always say about David Cage is that less is more. That's you know. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's been his, his mantra. That's yeah, for years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Fish isn't excited about Detroit. That's the end of the topic. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. Yeah. yeah. Please subscribe. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say about this game. I I hope people like it. For the I just kind of don't like. I just kind of bummer that people have to talk shit on David Cage so much. We just did it, and it's fun. But I would like to see him back. I even feel like Heavy Rain kind of got slammed around a little bit when it came out um more so than i felt like it deserved why did it get slammed i don't really understand the entire controversy there a lot of people did not like the they found the plot twist to be absurd um i remember the critical reception for the game was either really high like we were or really low um and it ended up being a lot more mixed do you have a good bearing of that rich when it came out it's that's it, just a matter of where you feel about his writing. Like I thought Heavy Rain was a decent game, but I, I'm not a particularly a fan of David Cage's writing. Mm-hmm. Like I think mm-hmm. Heavy Rain is one of the. That's probably him at his peak for something. Like I can say I enjoyed that game. Beyond Two Souls was beyond too much for me. It's too much. Okay, yeah. Concept is kind of ridiculous too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he needed somebody with you know an even head about him, like you know, Kojima to swing by and say, rein it in a little bit. Just rein yeah, it in yeah. a little bit. Like, yeah. This doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. What if there was a whale? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, that's, yeah, no. you know, that's that's interesting. I, I really loved Heavy Rain um, for its time. I tried going back, I think, in 2016 to play it again, and obviously it was very dated, but I still yeah, think yeah. the um, story was interesting enough, and I... I never played Beyond Two Souls, so I, I guess my only sample size to base this off of is Heavy Rain, and I enjoyed it well enough, and looking at what little I've looked at of Detroit, it looks like a decent enough game. I mean, it looks beautiful, of course, and again, as Morgan said previously with another game, that's not enough, but I don't know. I have enough faith that it'll be at least a decently enjoyable playthrough for one time. I think. 
there, there's a lot of things about Heavy Rain that I forgot. I remember it was my game of the year that year, and I remember, but I agree with you guys, it didn't age well. Like, I went back to play it, and I was, like, even questioning myself. I was like, what the hell was I thinking? But I, I see about to say something, Rich. Go I, ahead. You guys. I, I also, I think the issue with that, beyond it even feeling dated, is Heavy Rain is, and I've tried, is not a game I think I could ever go back and replay. Because where's the allure of a murder mystery when you already know who did it? <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Like the That's only, also a very good point. The only yeah. thing that might be fun is to try to kill the murderer at the beginning of the game. Just try to get just him killed. Early. Just yeah. to see what happens. See what, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. See what the contingency got- plan there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember I got the cool sort of ambiguous No Country for Old Men ending where the murderer got away. He was kind of walking down the street. Uh, it was like so that added to sort of the, the magic of that game for me. But I remember there's a lot of controversial things at the time. Like there's that scene where that lady's taking a shower. There's a lot of nudity. She was running around the house with those kidnappers. There was a lot of stuff at the time that was just, mm-hmm. uh, I guess I hate to use the word edgy because it sounds like MTV. And edgy. I think it'd be less of an issue now. <laughs> yes, yes, I think th- we're not quite there, but I think games are viewed a little bit more as being closer to on par with like filmmaking at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would definitely be less of an issue. It would still be a conversation, I'm sure, for somebody mm-hmm. who wants to have a problem with that. You know, yeah, there's going to be people that are going to have a problem with David Cage no matter what. And if it's still a David Cage style thing, then they're going to have a problem. So, yeah, that's one of the most fascinating things to to come out this year for sure. So, um, yeah, it'll be at least controversial, if nothing else. You know what? I'd like to see him back on. I like to see him trying to push the boundaries again. If, if David Cage has it within him to, you know, get people riled up a little bit, that could, at least could be interesting. If nothing else, maybe it will be interesting, right? The game not, might not be amazing, yes. mm-hmm. but hopefully it's interesting. I think David Cage is just, hopefully. his worst standing on it is how he very much retreats into himself on interviews when people try mm-hmm. and ask him questions about stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't handle it well. Yeah, uh, I think shortly after that uh, most recent trailer debuted at PSX or whenever it was, uh, in an interview, somebody asked him about what made him want to uh, address the topics of like domestic violence or, you know, uh, abuse in kids and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, would you ask that of a filmmaker? And my first thought is, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not. Uh... Yeah, well... yes. Like yes, that's, I would. that's a fairly reasonable question. It's not like... Yeah. It's not like, why do you want to put this in a video game? It's just, what made you yeah. interested in tackling that subject? I mean, yeah. they're powerful things. I mean, in Heavy Rain, there were scenes where you lose your fucking children. That's something that a parent fears. Like, he, I, I like that he's not afraid to tackle those things. I just wish he would yeah. just face it head on like that and say, I, these are, you know... And I'll give him credit. Like, he has, because of all this stuff, he's probably used to at this point, like interviewers who really want to gun for him in that sense yeah, so he probably yeah, yeah. is quicker to get defensive due to that so i'll give him the benefit of that's the doubt fair. on that yeah that's true that's true i like to i don't i like to clear away every all of his past games and i play this as a new thing i don't like to drag yeah. it up with it because i always like to give people the benefit of the doubt of evolution and they're different teams different people mm-hmm. influencing stuff mm-hmm. uh so it's detroit anyways that is a, a brief rundown of the games we are looking forward to um so I hope you guys enjoyed that. That's cool to kind of see where we stand and the things that are going to stick out the most for us this year. And there'll be some surprises as well. Really quickly, I just want to spend like five minutes on the Nintendo Direct because it snuck in yesterday. It didn't feel like it was worthy of an entire show because it really was just like a quick 10-minute thing they dropped with no fan. And I was telling Rich earlier when we were trying to prepare for the show a couple weeks back, I was like, 
you know, you're at Destructoid here. Have you heard anything about the Direct? Like, what the fuck is Nintendo doing? Like, I'd like to, if, if I knew when they were going to drop the Direct, I could maybe base the show topic around that. And We got nothing. <laughs> nothing. Uh, they, yeah. Just Nintendo kind of, just, it, they just dropped it, and all of a sudden we were in our Slack chat like, hey, it's happening right now. I actually was at work when someone messaged me about the Blastoise thing. That's how I knew. They knew mm. I was a big fan of Blastoise. Um, and they were just like, dude, Blastoise is going to be in the new Pokemon tournament game. I'm like, what? That's And then there's next thing I know is a drive. So anyways, the, the things that stuck out to me in the open to forum here, if you guys have anything you want to comment on or something that stuck out to you personally. New funky guys- mode. New Funky Mode in <laughs> Donkey Kong yeah. Country. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Funky Kong is playable in Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's also the com- meme of the week. Yeah, he kind of looks like the uh, you know, the star suit or whatever from a couple Marios ago. He's he's fun- Funky Mode is easy mode. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just told my girlfriend that the, Wii, the Switch this year I think is going to have a down year. Um, which is only understandable because last year was like Mario and Zelda in the same year. And by comparison, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just just from what I've seen, what they're showing me, there's nothing this year that's really sticking out as an exciting thing. But there'll be probably a lot of small games like Meat Boy that people, you know. Let's put it this way: the the Switch is basically picking up the Wii U's sloppy seconds, and which is yeah. fine because uh, that yeah. console didn't have a huge attach rate. Uh, there's plenty of people who haven't played those games, and I'm willing to double dip on a few of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would absolutely go through Tropical Freeze again. That is great, great. I, I find myself just kind of upset a little bit, at least. I think that should have been a two-pack. I think that should have been Donkey Kong Country Returns oh, yeah. and Tropical Freeze. Yeah. Granted, Tropical sure. Freeze is the better game. No, uh, no, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, 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 God damn it. Mm-hmm. Tropical Freeze is amazing. No, yeah. you guys are... It's... I... Okay, <sighs> I'm like so. so I I respectfully disagree. I will say that I can't. I'd like. To, it's hard for me to really categorize Tropical Freeze as much as I'd like to because I was going through a divorce at the time, so like it was very fuzzy. Like I didn't really have a good capacity to appreciate that game as much as I could have. But also, Don't Kill in Country Returns is just classic. So um, but yeah, no, you're right. That comes out, and fun fact comes out of my birthday, May fourth, is my birthday. Get a little Donkey Kong on my birthday, you know what I'm saying? That's that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's actually kind of cool. That's on my birthday. They're giving me Blastoise. Um, you know, Nintendo's looking out for me this year a little bit. Um, and I'm, you know, on my podcast saying they're just getting sloppy, uh, sloppy seconds from the Wii U. So that's how I put back. Oh, and the third We're thing that stuck out. I know, sloppy. Uh, you know, sloppy seconds. Um, it's that, I don't like saying that, sloppy seconds. It just sounds gross coming out of the mouth. Um, but then Rich said he's going to double dip, and then I felt better. So um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds wrong. Um, and then the Dark Souls remaster seems interesting to me uh, because I came, I fell in love with the series with Bloodborne, and Dark Souls Three didn't do it that much for you. But I'm the idea yeah. of remastering Dark Souls seems cool. The idea of being able to rage on the train so people have to stare at me is cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mother- um, it, wait, is it Dark Souls or Demon Souls? And it's only forty dollars, like which is nice. Yeah, it's forty dollars. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. another one you can basically always go back to because it's just so good. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, I remember Dark Souls being controversial at the time. Uh, I remember a lot of people on the hating it, but then there's people like Josh that really loved it. So, you know, it stood the it, test of time. Well, we we will see. Um, 
So yeah, those are the things three three things that stuck out to me. But I will say this, Nintendo, Mario fuck tennis. you. Yeah, that looks oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, is that really it, exciting? That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, they put in a story um, mode in it for the first time since the GBA. What 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 sounds interesting to you about a Mario tennis story? Okay, mode? that ga- that game was basically a tennis RPG. Uh huh. Like if okay. it's it's on par with what they did in the past, like that's it sounds awesome to me. So not necessarily like the story, but like the progression of the story. Yeah, would... yeah. Okay. And you know, like a Mario story, it's like oh, for some Easy reason, fun. I have to hit fireballs with a tennis racket at this piranha plant. Like, all right. Yeah, I mean, it should have been Mario Golf, but Mario Tennis is cool. And Waluigi's so. hair. You see that? Uh, oh, I didn't see that. What's the deal with There's, Waluigi's hair? All of them were in, like, those tennis outfits, and is mm-hmm. we've Waluigi apparently has, like, this flowing quaff. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> do, do they... <laughs> a quaff? I like yeah, that word. That's a, that's a great word. It's, just, it's like he's got this updo going on under his uh, little tennis visor. Fish kind of has a quaff going on right now. Mm-hmm. Would you say it's a quaff that Fish has? I think you could classify it as a quaff. Oh. Eh. Lean down a little bit. Let's see the top of your head. Let's let's see the top yeah. of your quaff. Uh, it's more of like a slicked back. Yeah. It's like a mullet quaff. Yeah, somewhere between a quaff and a queef. A <laughs> quaff and a queef. A quaff and a Somewhere in between there. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> God, you totally... Uh, I, I'm looking up this image of Waluigi's hair now. The quaff. Do they... Do the Mario tennis players grunt just like real tennis players? Uh, uh, like I'm... Uh, it's hard. It's hard to say thinking back. Definitely not in the GBA, but you know yeah. there were there were noises being made. You think back to, like the N sixty four days. <laughs> <laughs> I want those realistic tennis groans. No, but I was gonna say like it's weird to me that Blastoise didn't even make the original roster. So that's more of a fuck you Nintendo for putting in one of the three classic Pokemon that should have been in there in the first place. Um, it's Pokemon. Tur- well, I was gonna ask you if it's any good, Rich, but you didn't remember that you fucking had it. So I don't, <laughs> um, I don't it's think- it's it's fun. It's it's a fun little thing to pick up every now and then. I think. Uh, I like the local competitive, and I fall on and off fighting games really quick, and that wasn't what I was going to stick with. Like, I really stuck with Tekken 7 for a while this year. Like, that was where mm-hmm. my fighting game motivation went. Do you think if you love Pokemon hard. more... Oh, Tekken 7. Um, I, I think it depends on where you're at with wanting to spend a lot of time in a fighting game, too. And who you have to play with. Like, if Fish and Josh and Shay were like, hey, I picked up Pokemon Tournament... Let's go fuck each other up for the next hour. I'd be like, yes, that sounds fun. You know? Yeah, that's that's it too. Yeah, we already know Rich has it. So if you guys want to get a five way on, mm. you know, just <laughs> the five ways are coming back. No, but, um, I'm not gonna Gengar lie. main. Is Gengar a playable character in there? Mm-hmm. Oh, Josh, you got Gang. <gasps> Josh, we got Gengar for me. We got Garchomp for Fish. We got Blastoise <laughs> for me. Uh, I don't know what Rich's favorite Pokemon is, but uh... there's some good ones floating around in there. No, what's your favorite Pokemon? Uh, personally, I'm I'm a Marowak fan, but that's there, not. No. Oh, Fish just got a heart on. Did you see that? Yeah, <laughs> Marowak. It's no Marowak in there. I, I'm I'm more more of a Cubone. Cuba, guy. Yeah, Cubone's good, a good one too. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen uh, I don't know if they're official, but I've seen pictures of Cubone without his hel- without his uh, skull. I don't on I don't him. think there's anything official, but yeah, those those float around. Some artist yeah. rendering of what Cubone might look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally like Slipknot weird. without their masks. It's it's not real. Um, it's uh, I it, it's Shay. Who's your favorite Pokemon? 
Lucario's not in there. Lucario, Lucario's in there. All right, we're good. Yeah. We can all grab our favorites and fucking... I ain't getting that game. No. What if it's... I'll tell you this. What if it's $20? Would you get it for... Well, you don't have a Switch. You can't get it anyway. So... If I had a Switch, I wouldn't get it if it was $20. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't put poo on it. $20? Is that really how much it is? Oh, I wish. No, it's not. I think it's oh, okay. $40. That's, okay. that's steep. If it drops to 20 snatching that thing up. Josh, do you have it? Mm-hmm. Do you own Pokemon Tournament, Josh? No, I'm not a huge fighting game fan in general, and this was just not doing anything for me anyway. It's gimmicky as hell. Eh, it's designed by the people who are behind Tekken. I don't think it's fair to say that it's gimmicky. It's a it's competent already, 3D fighter. Yeah, it's already isn't it a staple in like the fighting tournament? Yeah, scene, I, I think there is stuff going on, gone in, uh with all that. But you know, I'll just play Tekken. Okay. <laughs> well, but Tekken characters exactly. are play the play you, the superior fighting game over yeah. Blastoise. Come on, I would play. I, I would pick King over Blastoise any day. I would See, pick Heihachi oh. over Blastoise or Yoshimitsu. I would pick Nina Kuma. or Gun Jack Panda. over Blastoise. Yeah, fucking Panda or Gon from Tekken 3 when he was a guest. I don't even know a single one of these or people. Akuma. Akuma is in Tekken 7 and yes. it works narratively yes. and gameplay wise. I need to play this game. That's impressive. I need to play it. Fish, they're just trying to dissuade you. Just play the true game. Pokemon. They worked Akuma into the Tekken canon, there, and it's not a, stupid. Uh, that's true. There is a t- Pokemon tournament demo, Fish. If you want to try it, see if it strikes. There's you. also but, a Tekken demo, Fish. Yeah. If you want to try it, Fish, oh, okay. stop it! You love Pokemon. You can sit with me in an armchair in front of a fire and sip scotch instead of playing a that fighting game. That sounds like the best. That option. sounds good too. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm taking that one. I'll take mm-hmm. you up on that one, Josh. What are you thinking about when you're doing that, Josh? Like, my mind would just be bored. I'd have to do something. You're thinking about the scotch. Uh, what is... Uh, it's uh, intricacies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. If you say so. Um, so, anyways, those are the three things that stuck out to me. Anything else you guys want to mention before we move on? Nope. Um, I never actually played the game, but it's probably worth mentioning. Um, the world ends with you. Is oh, yeah. getting a switch port. Uh, that is. A, that's oh, yeah. that's. As someone who didn't even play the game, I just know that's a big deal, and I I will play it this time. Yeah, that's that's gonna be huge. I'm absolutely picking that up again. Um, it said they're gonna have a new control option to be able to play it with just the, you know. Oh, um, the touch screen or? Well, with the touch screen, just like the original game, so you can play uh-huh. it just like before. Or you can play it with the uh, Joy-Cons, is what they were saying. Oh, okay. Just them on the side. Um, which I have to imagine would be easier than... I don't know. I, I don't know which would be easier, really. Because I, it wasn't so much that the inputs were so difficult. It's that you were having two fights at once mm-hmm. that you had to pay attention to that was difficult. So... Well, the issue yeah. I had with the game is just that I didn't, there's nothing to the gameplay. Like, I'm not even kidding you. You take your stylus when it was on the 2DS or whatever, and you just slash the screen. You just slash people on the screen like this. And I never got, I never died. I never had any trouble in the fights. I just did that the whole time. Slash, 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 slash. And I, I just don't, there's just nothing there. Like, I don't, I, that's what I remember. And maybe that's me being um, did you, a bit re- reductive. Did you beat it? I'm just curious. Cause... 
I don't remember. It's been right. it's that came out when I was like a kid, you know. Yeah, so it's, it's been a long time. I can't remember if it got harder or not, but I seem to remember it getting much more complicated because, especially later on, it's been forever. But later on, the two screens that you were having fights on would interact in interesting ways, where you'd have to mm-hmm. basically hit things back and forth between the screens. Um, it's an interesting concept. Yeah, and it was it was not just continually slash and mash buttons. Um, okay. Once you got farther in, but yeah, I I seem to recall at the beginning you just weren't didn't really do doing a me, lot. Yeah. So yeah, I tried it for a couple hours, just got bored. So we'll see. Um, Josh, before we move on, anything you want that stuck out to you uh, that you really want to mention, or um, I mean, the world ends with you. I was excited about just playing that again. Um, cause it's been forever. Um, I, yeah. I know I still have my copy of it around somewhere so I could, I could always go play it again. Just stick it into my DS somewhere. It's in a box yeah. somewhere. I still haven't unpacked all my games, but you know, Nintendo wants you to buy all their games twice. So you yeah. can't do that. Well, that, and I'm happy nice to just it. to have it on the <laughs> digital console yeah. and, you know, just be able to turn it on whatever. All right. Also, um, they were, right, cool. they were adding new content to it. They were supposed to be adding a new story chapter. Yeah, they did. Well, it's supposed to be like a build is like a final remix or whatever the hell they want to call it. Some sort mm-hmm. of Kingdom Hearts ending. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. It, mm. it a very Kingdom Hearts-y kind of look to it at the time. Like, yeah, it's that it's that art yeah, for it's, sure. It's the same yeah. same character designer and everything. Yeah. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways. So it looks like a year of sloppy seconds, but for people that just love playing on their Switch, could be a lot of fun. And for people like Fish, who didn't play Donkey Kong or Meat Boy or many of these yeah. other games, it could be a really cool year. Um, yeah. For some people who played a lot of these games, it might be a little disappointing. Yeah, I mean, and granted, as short as this was, it's hard to say if this is all that's really coming out, because the vast majority of stuff they so. showed was in the next few months. Like, I think the farthest thing out that they showed was the summer. So. And we'll we'll get another proper Nintendo Direct for okay. sure. And I think it I think we'll get something. I think uh I mean Metroid Prime is trying to hit this year. No way. There's no we don't without a trailer, I can't see that happening. It would be very tail end if it did. I don't expect it to. Yeah. Well, um, I mean they No It's hard to say because no they haven't shown us anything yet, but they kinda did the Nothing. same thing with that Metroid two remake. Like Oh, yeah, by the way, was... there's a Metroid out in two days. Yeah, and by the way, <sighs> those guys who made the Castlevania you didn't like are doing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so. the game wasn't... Yeah, I, 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 I like that game. I thought that was a great... Uh... Did you? Okay. Yeah. Well. yeah. We, uh, I thought it was fine. Fine. Yeah, um, I thought... Yes. That's where I sat on it. I thought the combat was really good, but then they, they didn't do the whole Metroidvania thing particularly well. But... I wish... I wish they had remade a Metroid game that was better. Like, why not remake one of the games people care about? Um, like, like because uh, there's one so few people or... have played. Just because know. without a map, like there was this weird difficulty to it. But it just it all it was like fighting the same bosses over and over. I don't know. It just didn't. It just bummed me out. But I will say that. Uh, let me can move on. Um, God damn it! I was gonna make a joke. I had a good joke lined up for fish, and I lost my train of thought. God damn it! All right, you're saying, oh, that's what I was gonna ask you, Rich. Like, so, what is the big home run this year? We think about Nintendo and the Switch. Last year there was Mario and Zelda. Right now, based off what we know for sure, what is the home run for them this year on the Switch? Uh, God, see, that's hard to say. Like, there's nothing. It, 
I think Metroid Prime has to be it. Um, I also think they could probably coast on the Nindies and smaller things coming out. Yeah. Uh, there's also the chance that Pikmin Four, that's been in like limbo for who knows how long, could show up out of nowhere. So that's and again, I'm just. What you're saying that their home run this year is coasting on Nindies and maybe Pikmin Four. I mean that is and a little also troubling, right? F- filling out uh, the rest of the Wii U stuff. Yeah, they've uh, got a lot of back out back catalog that they. Where's can... Mario Maker? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this last year reminded me a lot of the well, this girl I dated before. Um, we had a long build up before the first time that we consummated, and um, I remember uh... that. I, I, it was exactly like, like that. How did you know? <laughs> that was... And I, I remember that I, we went so all out. <laughs> <laughs> we went so all out, and it was so incredible Shut that up. I could <laughs> just let me finish my point. Um, oh. Just trying to bring it back home. That we went so all out, and it was so incredible that it was like. I set the bar too high, and I think the irony here is that Nintendo may have set the bar too high the first year of a Mario Kart, a great Mario game, and one of the best Zelda games ever. And I don't doesn't mean this year is going to suck, but I mean it's just that's what happens. So I think you could also tap into three other examples you could have used. Well, no, that's the example I want to use. Don't censor me, Shay. Stop censoring me. Like I, you ideally, think about anything other than sex, never. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was gonna say. And there you I, have it, ladies and gentlemen. I, I de- <laughs> if Morgan was sipping scotch with Josh by a fireplace, all he would think about is sex. I'm sorry, Rich. Please continue. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ideally, uh, and this is just a weird thing to throw out there for no particular reason uh Mm -hmm. like you said with zelda being on such a uh like a a high note right now i think what nintendo should do now that the uh their console base is unified is um shift focus and get a team doing this big breath of the wild zelda say every other year and in between that get another team to do more traditional 2d zeldas yeah, well, a la, like a link between worlds. You know, that's something I would love to see Capcom make another Zelda game. It's they been made forever. some pretty good ones. Yeah, yeah, like, Cap, yeah, uh, Oracle and Seasons. It's been a while. I would, I would absolutely love to see what they did with it at this point. Yeah, no, that would be interesting for sure. And Pokemon's going to be the savior. Whenever they get that big Pokemon game out, I'm curious to see what that's going to be. And of course, like you said, Metroid Prime Four. We'll see. Don't shaft Metroid anymore, Nintendo. It's bullshit. Um, but like you, you're saying, Rich, they're supposed to be transitioning away from the 3DS to this being their only console. And I need to see that. I need to feel that. I don't want to play my 3DS anymore. It's gone. I, I think when it Pokemon in. hits it, I think when Pokemon hits the Nintendo it's Switch, official. that's the, the 3DS's dead moment. The, yes. the flagship game mm. of that line of consoles moves to the Switch. It's uh, show's over. It's true. It's true. And that needs to happen. Um, so next up, I wanted to talk a little bit about Nier before we talked about Prey, uh, mostly because if we talk about Prey first, then they're just going to fall asleep while we're talking about Nier, Rich, and we can't have mm. that. Um, 
and uh, they got to give the androids their due. No, uh, just the, the brief catch up here before we talk about Nier, because it's probably the only time we ever really get to talk about it. Um, I know I talked Shane to try in the demo. Fish had played the demo. Me and Josh played some of the uh, game before originally bouncing off of it. Then I came back to it and had this experience. And me and Rich actually had a weird sort of second coming with Nier because I uh, I messaged Rich like a week ago and I was just like, um, I'm playing Nier again. He's like, yeah, actually, I'm starting to play it again for Destructoid because a lot of readers were asking me why it wasn't in my top 10. So that's kind of a good jumping off point, Rich. I mean, it sounds like you were just, you played it through the first time and I guess enjoyed it, but it didn't make your top 10. It didn't sound like you were too... It was, at the time, there were a million other things on my plate and, you know, I Mm -hmm. had a bunch of people telling me, oh, you got to stick with it. And I was maybe an hour or two into Route B Mm -hmm. uh, and I just kind of fell off. So I decided, like, I, I see the appeal there, listening to the music and everything. Like, there's... It's a world worth getting invested in. It's a cool world to explore. So I started over completely fresh uh, on over on Destructoid's Twitch. Like I said, Thursdays and Saturdays is when I play there. Uh, so as of us recording this, I played last night, and I'm nearing the end of Route A. I just uh, finished the moment with, I guess, slight spoilers, where you return to the factory from the beginning with Pascal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... And see now, and you're gonna hear a lot of weird lingo. So if you never, if you're not familiar with Nier, you're gonna hear a lot of weird lingo like Route A, Route B, Route C. And it's because Nier does something really interesting where they encourage you to play through the game twice, the same game but from different perspectives with different stuff, and then it branches off into uh, a third Route C is basically an entirely new game, and that's something that video games just don't do. Um, but yeah, I was like you, Rich. I bounced off yeah. of it too. Visual and... visual novels do that all the time. No. Yeah. Yeah. But for a big action See, game to do it, mm-hmm. it's it's strange. Yeah. Because yeah. you've yeah. got to fuck all the waifus. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> there's no other. There's no other option. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Near does not have that option, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in there I haven't found. Maybe it does. <laughs> some. You know, there is a scene where you walk up on robots having sex uh, as they try That's to emulate. One of my favorite. Just like they were, their hearts were in it. They were. They're just. I mean, it reminded me a lot of uh, Fish's first time, um, just banging away. Not exactly in the right place, but giving it his all. And uh, that that scene just stuck with. Well, I mean, it's a weird scene. That couch that didn't first... complain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that couch always finds a way back, doesn't it? <laughs> that's that's just weird. Um, there's weird, there's weird stuff in that game. Now, the thing that initially pushed me away from it, I just want to say, is that the game, the the world looks really ugly, and it's ugly in the way that like someone has a very low budget. Um, like the first time I played it, I actually was like, this looks like a game that someone didn't finish. Like they had to ship it out like six months before it was due, and they needed six months of polish. Now, the character models and some of the enemies and stuff still look great, but a lot of the world design is very hampered by the budget. And that just bothered me, among other things, because you have to go do a lot of running through this really ugly open world. Um, But the thing that hooked me again, Rich, was when I was going back. Here's the thing. I wish I had, you know, it's kind of a sucks, Rich. Like, why don't I, if only I had three really good friends that played video games, they could have just pushed me to just keep trying. Like, dude, you should really keep trying this uh, near thing. Um, It's hard to do uh, to uh, almost... I want to say on my first time through, 
my justification in my head, and I still stand by that being a good reason to walk away, is mm-hmm. if it takes 40 hours for me to really get to the thing that's like, now I see why it's worth playing this game. Is it worth playing? Yeah. That's but fair. I that's think fair, there yeah. is stuff along the way that makes it worth. If you like open yourself up and just kind of like appreciate that game for its weird intricacies mm-hmm. and its weird world and just be willing to let yourself play with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Shay, you tried, I mean, I'll throw it around here a little bit before I, we plunder into it, uh, more, but Shay, I know you tried the demo cause I just wanted to kind of get your opinion on that. The demo is a small sample of the game, but, um, like what was your impression of that, that demo? Yeah. Um, yeah, I wrote some stuff down, so I should wrote a bunch down. Oh, he's getting the notes out. Yeah. So one of the things that I really noticed from the demo is they really wear their um like their influences their gaming influences on their sleeve it's readily apparent from the demo at least like the camera angle angles like at times i felt like i was playing fighting force for the ps1 in terms of camera angles then it felt like contra then it felt like mm-hmm. metal gear solid yeah like up, they down, all side these to side. different angle mm-hmm. shifts and like, like cinematography the, choices yeah yeah and it was like different video games and i was like wow this is like I don't want to say it was like stripped from their favorite video games, but it was pretty damn close. Yeah, like yeah. it looked top down, just like Metal Gear Solid at times, or it looked, you know, like it just had those cinematography things. Um, the boss at the end of the demo was awesome. The build up that they did for that was great. I think they picked the right sequence of events for the demo because that boss capped off so well and it leaves that, that demo really leaves, is uh, the first hour yeah yeah it's the yeah. sort of there's a there's a plane intro where you're flying in a plane that's really cool and that's not in the demo sadly, yeah they, but but yeah but you're basically just thrown I, into the start of the game yeah i i think i think that was the right choice for them because i was interested um the, it had a weird feel like the robots had this i don't know why i got this like feeling of the movie nine like this tim burton-esque feel from the robots i don't know why yeah but i, I can see that in the faces that. yeah they're almost yeah. cute in a way i love the mm-hmm. kind of sad looking robots. robots yeah they're yeah. expressive yeah. in a very light way i want to say like there's yes. not much to them but they're Minimal. very expressive Minimalistic. yeah yeah. Mm. yeah um the music swells really well because the music that um, we used for Morgan's uh, game of the year choice for music um, from that game. Pretty much right off the bat, it starts with the, like the wailing vocals at the near the beginning of the music. But those vocals didn't actually start until the combat became more intense, intense in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. love that. I, I love when games do that. So that was really good. The soundtrack is um, phenomenal. It is. Yeah. Uh, the the demo because it is a demo had a few controller and frame rate issues i encountered but i mean it's a demo i gave it a pass it's not a huge deal i don't know if that that happens consistently through the game or if it's just because of the demo but my my last my last thing and it's not that big of a deal the last thing and this is more of a joke than anything i noticed at the very start you're in that room you're fighting all the like all the enemies kind of getting acquainted getting that quick tutorial why are you in a room Mm -hmm with no windows and no doors, no way to escape until that giant machine 
breaks the building, then you're then there's an escape route because there's literally that, no way to get out of that room. How did she get in that room? I want to know. I would ruin the whole opening if I told you that. Um, but I, I can just tell you tonight, it's not a spoiler. So you do this whole prolonged uh, epic sequence where you're in a plane. It's like the music's swelling and you fly in the plane. It changed, The camera angles change, like you were saying, Shay, a lot. And then she crashes the plane into the side of the building and, and flies out of it, but like her mech gets destroyed. So it's like a mech plane thing. You're essentially so, airdropped into there, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, fair enough. And that, that's actually funny, Shay, because when I first played the demo, that rubbed me the wrong way, too. And then when I started playing the real game, I was like... Which, by the way, the very beginning of the game is where that... Um, that epic quote comes in that I was telling you guys about earlier in the week, because it's like right when it starts off, um, you just like, okay, this is the music kicks in. And then it's just uh, two bees sitting there and she gives you that, um, that monologue. And she just yeah. talking about how, um, yeah, this with one great power like, comes great. You know, and so yeah. forth. Uncle, is, Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my f- favorite quotes in the game. She really over dramatically. She just like, Everything that lives is designed to end. We are perpetually trapped in a never-ending spiral of life and death. Is this a curse or some kind of punishment? I often think about the god who blessed us with this cryptic puzzle and wonder if we'll ever get the chance to kill him. And I was like, oh, well, this lady doesn't sound very happy. For the record, um, Yokotaro just said that for no reason. He woke up at 3 a.m. and said that, wrote it down. That's where the whole idea for the game came from. God, that's amazing. I love it. <laughs> and... This there woke is, up had had a premonition of that <laughs> quote, and he's like, "Now a game needs to be made." Well, this is what he spoke it, but he wasn't saying it. You know what I mean? Oh, oh! It, it was said through him. No. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was just a vessel. He was a cipher, like, a conduit, mm-hmm. if you will for something else. Yeah, but Shay, what you were saying about the camera angle switching and stuff—that's like the hook of the game, like. The thing that I loved about it is he actually, there's a really cool video you guys can find. I sent it to you, but I'm sure you didn't watch it. But basically, it's a video where they interview Yokotaro, and he was talking about how when he plays a game, he, he knows pretty immediately what the game's going to be like the whole time. And his idea for Nier was like, what if the game keeps changing, and you never know what's going to happen? Um, and that's what makes the game so fun to play for me, is like, you never know what weird camera angle. Like, all yeah. the major areas in the game have a that flair that the opening does. Yeah, all of a sudden you're in like a top-down perspective and mm-hmm. they, you're in a plane, you're in a mech, you're like they do even weirder stuff where you take control of characters you wouldn't think you get to be. I don't want to yeah. ruin anything. Um it goes balls to the wall. And that thing I was telling you about that emo quote is kind of like an like you know how there's an overture when you go to see a play or a musical and the overture kind of sets the musical themes for the entire um uh, performance mm. that's kind of what he was doing that tone with that emo quote that you said he woke up at 3 a.m and wrote down that's like an overture for the themes of the game the tone um, was anime yes yes very, I, i'm not gonna lie like i personally i i was listening to giant bomb and like um alex was saying that he was like moved to tears at a couple points and stuff i i don't want to sound heartless but i personally was never emotionally moved by near but i found it incredibly interesting and to me that's almost more valuable. I think for a lot of the time, though, for as many points that I think are decently emotionally moving, there are points that make me go, like, shake my head of, like, anime was a mistake. Yeah, anime. Like, in mm-hmm. some of the it's, writing. Like, fuck. It's very Japanese. Fuck 9S. <laughs> not, what, no, 9S is... So here's the thing, though. Not, the problem with 9S, to me, is not his writing. It's just the voice actor is a boy. 
Two B yes. is a beautiful woman, a young woman, and the androids are like young men. But like Two B sticks out to me, or I'm sorry, Nine S sticks out to me because he's like a boy lost in. I think uh, a, they were trying to get across a certain amount of childlike whimsy. I think to a degree, you're supposed to almost feel like you're experiencing parts of that world along with him. Like he doesn't seem to understand mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot, and he's. That's why I think they tried to sort of portray him as a child. I don't necessarily agree with that decision, but I, I get what you mean. Yes, and I think that's why he gets a lot of hate. I mean, I don't. I actually think he might be one of the most fleshed out characters in the game, but the problem is he's portrayed as a boy, and even the voice actor mm-hmm. as well is very like, "Come on, two B, it's gonna be okay," you know. Like, and that can. I, I do on like, uh, and it's a side quest. Uh, I think where you have to go from uh, the machine village to find uh this lost robot in the desert mm-hmm. and as you're walking back on you know a, a lovely escort mission uh the machine asks 9s essentially like where do babies come from and i think that's actually a really good exchange <laughs> with him as a character where he's yeah, just kind of like uh to uh, be you want to take this like like I said, his character is good it's mm-hmm. just maybe the portrayal of that character doesn't do it does it a disservice mm-hmm. um but like Josh just typed in the chat that he's like the tales of Nier. Um, which Josh likes to make all his wise cracks in private. <laughs> the crack um, is private. <laughs> she whiz Sonic. Not Two B's crack. Her crack is showing the whole game, and that's that's one interesting thing about um, the Yoko Taro. I felt like he was kind of a kindred spirit when I learned about him because he. He was talking about how he's just really introverted. He doesn't like to travel or anything like that. Which is something I can relate to because I don't mind traveling it just doesn't do anything for me really i ne- never has i like to just sit in my dark room and play video games or whatever and he was talking about that's how he lives his life but he's kind of weird and and antisocial. um but like i felt like his personality really comes out in the game and um like like you were saying rich it's really kind of anime at times uh it's over the top dramatic but it is bad like it's cool. It's badass. Like two yeah. B looks badass. The the music makes you feel badass. The combat, which it's a platinum games joint, so it mm-hmm. feels good to play. You slide around, slash everything. You know, platinum yeah. games is like Bayonetta, right? Yes. Yeah. They, they did a great job of the combat. It's fairly simple, but it's it feels good. Um, one side note that I think you guys might appreciate. I've noticed that Japanese games are far too reliant on potions. We gotta end this potion thing, man. Final Fantasy XV was the same way. Like, this, the whole combat in Nier breaks down to when you get hit, you just spam potions. That, well, that's... L- listen, see, what you do is you gotta go into your chipset and put in the auto uh, uh-huh. heal chip. So when you oh. drop below 30%, you just use a restorative item automatically. That's amazing! I need to see... I, I, that's yep. my fault, because I didn't that's get into the That's the first chip I installed. Was it really? See, yep. and the chip system was kind of confusing. Maybe, maybe the game didn't do a great job of explaining it. It's a little it, daunting, so. and they kind of just let it you figure dull. it out on your own. Like, the menus look really dull, don't they? They're, like, blotted. I, I think that's and... a design choice to a degree. Like, that map is fucking awful. Mm. It, it, it's an intentional choice, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. Um, yeah, no, exactly. Like, it, it, it seems like an intentional choice, but that's also not a decent excuse, I think. Or yeah, having that, bad menus. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's tough because I when I was looking at this game a lot this week, I was looking at a lot of art for Vagrant Story and stuff with the guy who designed the characters for this game, and like it was kind of taking me back to when I was a kid, and I I haven't really like loved a lot of RPGs of the modern era. Final Fantasy 15 was the last one for me that I did, um, and I 
was a very flawed game, but like it was so quirky and weird and fun and uh, had fishing and I, and I really loved it. But I loved it despite the characters and despite the story in a lot of ways for me. I liked the concept of the Brotherhood more than the actual Brotherhood. Um, but Nier is another one of those things where, too, it has a lot of flaws, but it has the spirit of like PlayStation 1 RPGs that I grew up with in a way. Um, and I haven't felt that in a while. And that's where I fall into the nostalgia trap sometimes. Um, yeah. And it has Father Servo, who is an amazing character from Nier. Father, who the hell is Father Servo? Have you, have oh, you the, not engaged with that? The religious so, part? The, yeah. um, he cracks father, wise with Crow and on the satellite father, of love. Father Servo is... Josh, is uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I actually <laughs> like that a lot more than I thought it would. Um, <laughs> he's uh, one of the early side quests you can encounter. He's standing on top of a building. Uh, you, he asks you to spar with him and then bring him parts, which he uses to enhance himself. Then you come back and fight him again. He's running a dojo on top of this building near the desert. What? I never did any of that shit. By the end of that quest line, he's a monstrosity. Wow. So he's just fucking huge. He starts off as one of those standard little robots Mm -hmm. and then you fight him. He's like, oh, you beat me. Great job. Bring me these parts as compensation for our sparring match. And then you come back again, and he'll have added, like, these long arms and, like, these retractable legs. <laughs> you fight him again, and he just keeps asking for more. That's really cool. I did, um, I think one of the disconnects for the, um, this, some of the storytelling for me with all the whole robots trying to realize their humanity that's been done a million times in the world. Not that they don't do a good job in Nier, it's just... That concept has always been tough for me to really get behind, and I think it's because, like, little things, like, I have an anxiety disorder that causes biological things in my body to happen, and it's hard for me to imagine that really happening to a robot, because even if they're in a state of, like, mental witness, um, mental disarray with their memories or whatever, they're not biological, you know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're a machine. So. I, I find a hard time sometimes sympathizing for the machines as much as I should, uh, because... You know what I mean? Or I think it requires a certain degree of just like take it for what it is, you know, like suspension of disbelief to a point with stuff like that. But for emotion, I can't have that much suspension of disbelief. I have to feel like I'm not saying it's never successful. It's just that concept of human to robots is harder for me to get behind because the things that make us human are inherently what make us human. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And people argue it's just like memories and, and, and uh, things that have happened in our life that form our personality and consciousness. But there's so much more to it that like the things you feel, the effects it has on your body. Like, I think it's almost the where do you draw the line of what's the difference between digital programming and neurological programming? Uh, um, well, that's that's true, because they talked about doing like a map of like. I was doing some research on this game. There's something about like a map of the entire human brain they were doing on this computer. And that was the idea of Nier, is like if they were able to map this, the entire brain. And replicate into, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, that concept is just, it's tough for me to fully get it. It's a tough like, one to swallow, I, I get that. Especially in a game like this, where there are some budget cuts and stuff, and, you know, I think to some degree they want, they, it's not they never succeed, there's a scene where, the scene where I fell in love with the game is when you, I don't know how much, I'm scared because I want to ruin things for you, Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a scene where you go back to the, woodland village or whatever the forest the forest kingdom in route b okay. and when, when you go through the forest kingdom in route a it's really weird there's a scene where a2 the other android girl shows up yeah she stabs a baby robot um 
They're all talking about their king. It's very weird and confusing. It doesn't make any sense. You have, you have no context for it in that first. No context. Uh, run through Route A. Yeah, absolutely. All you know is this place exists based off what Pas- uh, Pascal has told you about it. Yes. Route B completely filled in all of those gaps. See, in that's, ways that I'm I- excited to hear that because so much and and there was even little things like did you fight the the pretty lady in the amusement park in route b yet no i'm i'm at the end of route a right now so when you come across the 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 beautiful robot in route a josh probably remembers this it's one of the first bosses in the game she's like has all those dead androids like what hung a great on her body. sequence that whole thing yeah is. it's really cool but they they go into like why she became that way with this whole like isn't um What's the robot's name from Pascal's village? Uh, Jean-Paul? Oh, is that I've, who you think she was? If you look at oh, in that sequence, okay. they show the silhouettes. I'm yes, pretty yes, sure yes, yes, that's yes. Jean-Paul. How do you know about that sequence? How do you know you about see, that? You see it the first time. You see the oh, silhouette you... of him uh, like standing and looking at her. Okay, but you haven't seen the... So, in Route B, so basically in Route B, you get a huge monologue after that scene that's really cool and, and and my point is if you're someone out there that goes through the first route and you're like i shouldn't have to play it twice to really appreciate the game like rich said i 100 percent understand but i'm telling you that if you go through the game a second time yeah it takes it from interesting and quirky and cool to like oh my god that's 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 amazing that's really cool um yeah it really doesn't come alive until the second 40 hours it's not that it's, it's uh that first playthrough's you could cut it in maybe like eight hours. Okay, well, well let's put it this. Uh, I have I, I'm at the very end of uh, Route A, and I've been streaming it all. So we're probably looking at ten hours so far, and I have maybe another hour of Route That's A. That's good. And Route B is faster because I don't want to ruin things for Rich, but there's parts where you play 9S that are different, and they cut out parts of the first game that suck. Like, there's a part in 2B's game where you have to get a radar and search for 9S, and that part fucking sucks. Yeah, and obviously, you're not searching for shit because yeah, she because finds you. because you are 9S. Yeah. And, and what the clever things they do, like, it was like this magical epiphany. So, and then by then, you're amped up to play Route C, and you get to play a whole new character. A whole fucking, it's like a whole new game. And, and like, Route C's all brand new. All new. 100% mm-hmm. new. You'll go back to familiar places, but, but it's, it's all 100%. brand new story beats. And it's good. And it's all good. So, you know, this whole thing just sounds to me like they should have just scrapped Route A. <sighs> no. Because it's hard to cut it down to like maybe one quarter of the length. Here's, here's the artistic decision that people will be um, split on, Josh. But I appreciated the stuff when they gave it to me in Route B more, but is that because I was confused and asking questions after Route A, so when they were answered, I felt more satisfaction? Or is that if they had given it all to me in Route A, would it have been as meaningful? I don't have an answer for that. All I know is that when I played Route B, it was t- very meaningful and cool. And l- I'm going to be honest with you. Part of it is like, remember when you're a kid and you'd find something weird in the game? Like, oh, after the credits, there's a secret thing. Nier kind of plays off of that. Even if it's an illusion, it kind of plays off of that whole, yeah. I beat the game a third time and there's a new game in here. And also it might have been a lot more interesting pre-internet age. Where yes, like yeah, you know, when, where it's like the playground circulation of like, oh, I beat Nier last night. I'd be like, you know, if you wait for the credits, the game starts again. But you're yeah, playing as two B. Like, like Fish would I mean, have came to rather. Like when me and Fish were kids, he would have came to school. We'd been eating our Gordettos on the playground. And he'd been like, Yo, Morgan, you won't believe this shit. 
you beat Route 2 and there's fucking <laughs> crazy. There's this other hot android and like, oh, he'd be, I'd be like, damn, no way. So. Would have been Fish's sexual awakening. <laughs> That's one way to have it. Um, he would have gone home and had his way with the toaster. Um, <laughs> the sexuality is a whole topic for another day. If you'd like to hear me talk about the sexuality in here, please email us at surgeon <laughs> at Send gmail.com. emails to rich at destructive.com. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us. So anyways, we can move on from there. Um, uh, I, it's hard for me to cut this down because this game, I played it so much. I'm, it's far from perfect. If I were to redo my game of the year list, I'd probably bump Sonic off and it would go um, Zelda, Horizon, Nier, Resident Evil 7 VR, and then Cuphead. So Because it it's got issues. But I highly recommend that everyone who loves RPGs, especially like PlayStation 1 RPG, just give it a shot. Like, Rich, it's going to click for you soon. Like, you haven't even got to Route B. I just, I'm excited to talk to you when you go through Route B because that's when it's going to start to fucking click, man. Mm. I, I think another big part of the push for me is, like, doing that on stream is nice because, like, people popping in and being like, oh, you're doing near? This is awesome. You're going to really love this. And you're like, you feel that level of, like, Okay, let's keep trucking mm-hmm. along, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wreaks havoc on your minds because it is just, you want to champion it despite its flaws. You want to raise it from the highest heavens, but play near, but in your heart, you know that it has a lot of issues and it takes a while to get into. And that's what makes it such a weird, creative, brave thing um, that everyone should experience. But I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a masterpiece because when they give this guy a budget, I put this poll on our on our Instagram. I said, there's this rumor that he might do the next Final Fantasy game, and I had people vote on it, and it was like hundreds of people voted yes. Like it was like eighty percent to twenty. They need to give Yokotaro the next Final Fantasy. I'd like, love the, to pretty, see what that is. Wouldn't that be incredible? Oh man. Um, but that's what they said. The producer of Nier said they want to give him a chance to do Final Fantasy, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's he's just, just going to remake Final Fantasy Nine, but he's going to uh, add, he's no. going to add a scene where you walk in on all the black mages fucking. plot twist come on shay hasn't played nine yet you just after you beat that you immediately restart the game but uh this time you're playing final fantasy the spirits within somehow it doesn't really make sense (laughs) it's complete nonsense you're playing as steiner in final fantasy the spirits Within. uh that's that might be the show picture right there. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, thank you for guys for letting us vent about that. Um, I promise I won't bore you in the future unless you guys choose to play it. If it, if it goes on stale, sale on Steam or something, I'll buy it for Fish and Josh if it's like 20 bucks because we can all share it. We all share a Steam account. Uh, it's a great way to go, Rich, if you don't share a Steam account. Um, Maybe don't let Steam know you're doing that. Oh, that's not... You're allowed to do that. I don't, are you? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like 30 people have my Netflix but I don't think I'm allowed to do that. Okay, well, we'll don't, edit that out of the show. Don't tell Netflix. Um, <laughs> uh, and 2B is one of the most iconic characters ever. Um, it's a very involved Netflix and chill you've got going on there, Rich. Oh, yeah, it's, it's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whole fucking, like... Um, it's like God, it's like an email if you want my If you want my Netflix info, send emails. <laughs> Speaking of emails, we've been playing a lot of Prey lately, and goddamn, do they make you look in your fucking emails. Um, yes, they do. Yes, I'm so, prou- they so proud of that segue. Do. I just want to quit right now. <laughs> We're done. Boom. Uh, all right. Well, I will try to shut up now and let you guys talk about Prey, and I will chirp in when I can because I'm exhausted from talking about Nier. But um, the weird thing about how Prey came up with us, Me Rich, because, <laughs> well, you know what? You might fall in love with Nier one day and then you'll understand. Um, 
That's but true. I'm gonna, I'm gonna undersell it for Shay because he hates it when I oversell. So I mean, Sneer's not that great, Shay. I mean, if you get around to it, just you know, try it's, it. Maybe. It's okay. Yeah, I don't know Whatever. if you heard of this Yoko Taro guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of a hack. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So. We, the reason we got into Prey was because Shay was catching up on games from last year, and he just didn't have time to get to it for Game of the Year. So he started playing Prey, and then he got really into it, and then, oh, it was on sale on Steam. And then, oh, Fish, his wife, bought Prey for him earlier in the year, but he put an hour into it and just got distracted. Um, um, she Basically, his wife bought it for him because she was going to pre-order Destiny 2, and that was hidden in the Prey game, if I remember right, Fish? She pre-ordered Destiny 2 for you and snuck it in there? Uh, no, that was Resident Evil 7. Oh, okay. Okay, well, yeah. great game that you fucked over on the last show. Um, so, mm-hmm. yep. we, <laughs> fantastic property. <laughs> we all played a lot of prey. Won't let that die. Uh, we'll never let that die. And me and Rich will fight that later. But um, prey, Shay, I'll let you kind of kick this off because you were the one who was re- you seemingly to enjoy it quite a bit. Um, yeah, beat yeah, it in a absolutely. Days and yeah, yeah. The, um, we talked to, about it a little bit in the game of the year show, but. It really kicks off. Um, it's it's an interesting how it starts. Like basically, uh, the 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 setting is that uh, Kennedy survived the assassination attempt, and because of that, he decided to put more of an emphasis on our space program in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, sending us up there. And basically, we won the space race and all that business. And then we started doing more stuff in space and then we discovered these typhon typhon uh creatures and we basically contained them in the station near the moon to study them and in the future you start with the U brothers uh in this game and it just picks up from there basically it just starts right off like you're playing as morgan U, um whether it's a man or woman however you want to play it and the Typhon. Wait a second, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but is this the same Morgan you that Fish was snorting cocaine off of in the last podcast? Yes. Okay. The very same. Yeah. Gotcha. Not, not you, though. Yeah. I know. I know. Let's make that very clear. Yeah. From yeah, Morgan you. Episode. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna beat that joke into the ground. <clears throat> I, I think we should Groundhog Day with that joke, but um. Yes, and then, like, the game just in the first half hour, you get, like, a quick tutorial, quick, like, what's going on, and then you just get thrust into the conflict. The Typhon start overtaking the station, and people are dying, people are being turned into these Typhon, and you got to go around and figure out what the hell is going on. And then you start getting inklings of, like, maybe you know more than you think you know. And that's kind of like that plot and what's going on with these typhon so um well the back of the box says it's a into it. how far did you guys get into this game i beat it it feels like forever ago <laughs> that's fair it was out a while yeah. ago it's hard to tell exactly how far i am into it i feel like i'm at the spot where i could end it at any moment but i'm still doing side quests so what about you fish please step back from that ledge josh please don't end your life Mm-hmm. You have so much to live for. Yeah, just finish it. Jump. How far did you get fish? Uh, I made it out to the um, first time you get the thruster pack and you start doing that zero G stuff, which yeah. is that's where I am. Pretty cool, actually. Like uh, flying around in space was 
definitely a change of just running around in the uh the uh the whole complex area um and you can you can fly around like the whole space station i think from the get-go as soon as like you're able to do that yes um which is cool because you can see the whole space station and um see all the floating debris where there's been you know breaches in the hole and um space debris flying around it um and the controls yeah. actually are very cool but that's as far as i got in the game that's that's where that's i am i'm I a mean, little like, past that that's there, that's where the world kind of opens up so that's cool that you got there sorry morgan go ahead you didn't get to the um oh that's fine you didn't get to the plot twist yet where you go back to morgan Yu's office and you hear the rest of the message right no i haven't oh you should have no, went he, back to his fucking he, office before you got on the goddamn show that's okay that's okay turns out the space so. station's underwater Mm-hmm. Boom! And Ken, mm-hmm. yeah, Ken Levine actually pops out, and uh, and he goes, "That's right, fuckers! This is Bioshock." <laughs> and everybody goes, "Woo!" Yeah, you actually pull a key card off Ken Levine and go into his office. Um, yeah, the first hour, I will say this: the first hour of this game, fucking great. Like, I we'll talk about the rest of the game later, but I was blown away by the first hour of this game. Great the music, setup. it's. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, and I'll have to ask you guys a little bit more about that because some of it's confusing to me, but like, it's a Mick Gordon joint. He did a lot of the music on this. Uh, he's of Doom fame. He also did Wolfenstein 2. He's one of my favorite composers in, in all of gaming. Um, but there's this, like, the whole opening sequence and that Twilight Zone moment where you break, break the glass in your apartment and realize it's all like, it's the Truman Show. You know what I mean? It's like, that whole thing was just so well done. And the music, the credit, the opening credits. That, that um, whole helicopter sequence, like, great, they yeah, the, bothered to yes. render that city and, oh, and the music it's too. It's good. got that like happy electronica thing, which is like, but like in a good way. It wasn't like mm. cheap electronica. It felt right. Um, so good, so fucking good. That was Bioshock level. The rest of the games, what I had a problem with, but I don't want to get into that just yet um, when you start wanna... playing, where it falls apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's basically what it is. I, no, I mostly no, hated no. it. There's... We don't have to jump right into the fighting yet. We don't have to do that. Yeah. You just know. couldn't aim that wrench very well. Uh, well, okay, we'll start doing it. So, the no, I'm just kidding. We don't do that yet. Um, the wrench was my weapon of choice, though, so that's the funny thing. Um, I like a good wrench. I'm a fan of uh, yeah. pedigree of games like the... where you use a wrench to fight. Or a crowbar. It's like a Half-Life thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of clubbing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to kind of go around and just gauge it. Josh, you played a lot of Prey, but you've been kind of quiet here. Like, um, where do you stand on Prey overall? Like, what sticks out to you? Tell me about it. Um, I, I've, I don't know. I've been really enjoying it so far. It, uh, it's got this whole play your own way type thing, which generally means because of that, they can't expect you to have any upgrades. So... There's basically always a vent you can crawl through to beat the game. Um, <laughs> like yeah, the yeah, the solution true. to most problems is look around. There's a vent. Um, if you don't have any other upgrades, otherwise you can save yourself the trouble of looking for the vent by you know being able to hack stuff. Which I kind of know what they were going for, but it ends up feeling a little bit strange the the way the upgrade tree kind of goes from there because you don't really need any upgrades for the main story you end up needing them for the side quests and stuff so you'll you'll go through the main story get side quests go off to do something 
oh, you need level four hacking to finish this side quest. Like, that's the only way to go. Mm. And just stuff like that. That's um, weird. So you I can't, like, that, play your way. It's that sensation of feeling like you're constantly hitting a wall the more you explore that the was my main thing. problem with it. Yeah. Like, because because the main path has to be playable without any upgrades, mm-hmm. all the secondary stuff, it's... It, there's there's no telegraphing beforehand that oh I'll need to put some points into this to be able to finish this side quest. So you'll go off thinking oh this one looks interesting and not be able to get there. Um, which I don't know. It's frustrating. Well, it's frustrating. Are the side quests gratifying. I mean, like, what's the point? Like, I I, the, I don't understand. Like, why are they, they interesting? Are, interesting? I couldn't tell you. you. I could never finish them. them. <laughs> you learn more about the characters on the station mm-hmm. and it kind of cues you into like these little um stories that have kind of developed like people being secretly romance with other people. If you're interested in the lore of Prey in this so game, if you read a lot of emails, of interested in what's happened, they're gratifying in that way and you get more resources, you get more neuro mods that upgrade your abilities, but I completely agree there there's there's many times where I hit a wall where I would I would be doing a mission and then I'd see a safe and I'm like, oh, hell yeah. And then I don't have a code. And I'm like, how did I, I've been searching yeah. literally everything. How did I not run into this code? And yeah. then it becomes clear I need to have oh. hacking level three or four, which I, ha- yeah. I don't have enough neuromods to put in at that time. And can I really justify upgrading that just to get this one safe that's probably going to give me some ammo that I could just create at one of the yeah. workstations? And I also have no self-control so a lot of the time my problem is is i i see that and i don't want to do it but i'm like maybe i should just ask reddit wh- what that code is yeah no oh, that's well, smart the, yeah. yeah yeah you can do that like if you go on a steam like it's got you know different community groups and like the first one is list of all codes yeah like that's that's it um but <laughs> i mean but even even without that oh. though there That's are great. several. It's my next things. article on Destructoid. Yeah, there <laughs> there are several things. several things that literally have no code because of it. You know, in the game, it's um, intended to be hacked. Yeah, like mm. oh no, there was an electrical error with this. There's no way yeah. the, the code won't work anymore. You have to hack it. So you'll mm. get to spots like that. Um, I mean, okay. I got to one like at the beginning of the game. You get to the open area, and the first place they send you to is like you know the engineering section of the uh of the ship and you get there and the you know most of its main story so you can get anywhere and then there are a couple things here and there like if you haven't upgraded your strength you can't move the box to get into this one spot so it's it's i don't know it's just weird stuff like that like i don't know it's just it's strange the upgrading feels a like you don't need any of it for the main story and b like you need to get all of it because you're gonna hit some random wall and so you're kind of conflicted like do i upgrade everything or nothing because it's yeah 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 that's that's how i feel about it like i'll come across something that like requires leverage three and i don't have that many neuro mods to get leverage three Mm -hmm. but i found a way that you can actually circumstance or get bypass those leverage places by using the physics and um they they give you like a healthy amount of like those little 
um, exploding canisters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, it's trial by error, kind of. But um, what you do is you just run up to the leverage stuff and just start dropping the canister near it and see if you can move it. And sometimes you can't move the stuff. Like there was a grate in this one room that was hiding a bunch of material, and I decided to shimmy the canister behind the grate. And I figured I would blow the grate open, but the physics are so fucked in this game that uh, it ended up blowing one of the like level two leverage uh, items, and um, that went out of the way, and I was able to kind of circumvent the whole need for leverage in that game hmm. um, and still get items, which um, I'm, I actually enjoy because like I feel like I'm breaking the game at that point mm-hmm. and rewarding my own self for not having to put those uh costly uh resources into points that i don't really feel like i want to invest in you know like i rather put my points into something that's more useful to me gameplay like your wrench um, gotta put the points on the wrench yeah best yeah. wrench yeah well oddly wrench enough because yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah really the best thing you should probably do is upgrade all the things that give you crap because there are a couple perks that give you more stuff. Mm-hmm. And once you do That's that, you'll just in. have enough stuff to basically make all the normal mods you'll ever want. Um, That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, on the I'm, flip I'm side at, of that, though, yeah. I don't, I just felt like some of the, some of the powers were fun to get. Like, yeah. um, I was, I was showing Josh this earlier last week. Um, I got the mimic power just to get a trophy, and then I ended up using it a few times. And it is funny turning into like a bundle of towels, and then just moving across the floor as a bundle <laughs> of towels by the enemies. And that shit was funny to me. Like, yeah. the, those was it ever useful? Could you like mimic yourself to get around a locked door or something like that? Um, not quite. No, it was more like if there are a ton of enemies in the area and you don't have enough resources, you turn yourself into something and then you navigate around them or you do that. So then if something's chasing you, it stops chasing you. But, um, I did like, I did like that the, you use the psychoscope to kind of learn more about the creatures in this game. Like it's, yeah, to me, it caters to that, like it's a big focus on the biology. It was clear that that was one of their big focuses in this game as it was consistently brought up. And obviously I'm completely biased, but I think it's also cool because it adds that other layer of of depth there. And I Mm -hmm. could see where the Bioshock comparisons were actually made there because it's kind of similar in that regard where you investigate the enemies and you learn more about the enemies. Um, That there was a lot of similarity there between those two games. So that was the first, like, I guess, hook that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was just the enemies did not look interesting to me. Um, I only saw two. I saw the little black squid things that looked really stupid, I thought. And then I saw the were the phantoms. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Um, they're all basically variations of those, like, very yeah. black, not like floaty, nondescript aliens. Yes. Which I felt like was a very kind of bland choice for like, I didn't feel scared. I didn't think that they were cool looking. I didn't feel interested in learning about them. Like it talked about how there's this whole ecology on the back of the box, a whole ecology on this bait. Well, it's like the lamest ecology they could have possibly created. Now that's just my opinion, but that was like the first thing where I was like, I'm kind of with you on that. The enemy design doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah. 
No, it wasn't the design itself. It was more like how you learn about them and like the stories that they had. Like, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. example, there there's a, there's um, the technopath and the telepath, and they look fairly similar. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the technopath looks more mechanical. And you go and read the bios, and you're like, okay, they have vastly different things that they do. Um, how they were created is different, and that's what's interesting to me. I will agree with you guys that the the enemies, for the most part, the design was underwhelming, but it was more their bat like that research that you did that mm-hmm. gave did it put into them? more of an interest factor, I guess, to me. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. what the trouble was for me, though. Like nothing about them pulled me in to make me want to learn more wanna about learn them. More, yeah. If, exactly. You know what I mean? Like actually, what Shay's saying sounds really cool, but if they don't look fascinating to me then their background is suddenly less fascinating you know it's like i don't know that i think that's like a metaphor for your experiences on tinder if the women don't look good (laughs) you don't read the bios you don't swipe right i i don't trust that because pictures are always false really don't care about their personality no see that's Mm. not true at all um uh, <laughs> Are you saying I'm just not giving these aliens a, a chance? Yeah, come on, give the. I think that's no, what you guys I'm are with doing. You, Rich. Not we're not giving these aliens, aliens an honest chance. chance. If I if I were on a speed date with this alien, I'd be like, next. <laughs> speed date the prey. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I ain't buying you a drink. <laughs> What's with this stack of towels anyway? Like, what, what, am I supposed to be intrigued? <laughs> I'm intrigued when they turn into rolls of toilet paper. Yeah, I find that hilarious. At least they're useful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Fish, yeah. how'd you feel about this game being compared to like, it's supposed to be like a Bioshock light. Um, like if Bioshock is like an A-level Bioshock, like some might say Bioshock is one of the best first person narrative shooters ever made. Some people, I would say that. I would say mm. so. Yeah. Yeah. At the I time for so sure. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like it. it. It It's like you guys said, like it starts out great that first hour, but after that, it kind of loses me. Because you're relegated to, like, reading emails to learn about the crew that have all died, mm-hmm. it seems like. As far as I've... Not I all know, Like, everybody's There's dead. some that are alive, yeah. Not, yeah. Okay. Anyways, you, you, you're reading about these people who you're seeing just, like, the past emails that they were sending before everything went crazy, I guess, in the space station and the typhoon got loose. Um... But it like, sounds far more <laughs> hilarious than it is. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it does. Yeah, out in space. A typhoon out in space. The reason I had like a Disney World picture, like Typhoon Lagoon, and Goofy's just running around Ooh. in a bathing suit. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, much scarier. It, just <laughs> I'd, I'd be more <laughs> That's terrifying. That yeah. or the alien design. I want to learn about that biology right there. I'd be like, all right, let's study that. <laughs> Give me a fucking wrench right now. Okay, sorry, fish. Yeah, but it's uh yeah, it's a, narratively like I'm not hooked at it. Like I'm more and like the gameplay isn't as good as I would like it. Like swinging the wrench, like it's fine, but a lot of times like I'll also be just like swinging at air too. I don't know if it's just me or like it just doesn't feel as tight as like yeah, yeah. It, it, the gameplay doesn't feel as tight as it should be. Like using the pistol. Um, 
I really, every time, like, I use a pistol, like, I feel like I should be aiming down the sights, and um, maybe that's no. an upgrade I get or something. No, but aiming down sights is cool. the worst thing that's happened to games in the last oh, decade. Oh, come on. Well, that's fine, <laughs> yeah, but it I should that aim better than it does. I mean, it's like, the first thing they give you in the well, game is yeah. a fucking... And, uh, you can <laughs> use the scope and zoom in to make it as accurate as you want. No, what he's saying That's is true. it doesn't and, feel good. And you can he's upgrade the weapons good. to make them more accurate as well. That's kind of the point, is you're also, you're also supposed to look for those weapon mod kits to upgrade mm-hmm. the weapons. Oh, you're supposed to, to feel helpless. Yeah. More yeah. powerful the, and more useful. I hate that. Kind of like a, you know, like a real-world situation where if you want your gun to be more powerful, <laughs> That's you dumb. have to buy equipment to make it better. Yeah, but, I mean, it's a video game. I, yeah. If you have to upgrade the gun and make it fun to use... Then I'm out. Like that's that's ridiculous. And like, what, what video game doesn't employ that tactic when it's a shooter? Almost all of them do. Even Mass Effect does. The the guns in Destiny are immediately fun and feel great. Well, that to game's use. not fun. What video, video games aren't fun? <laughs> what you, what, can we just get that? On? I just want to like record Shay saying that. And just loop it forever. I mean, you don't. Destiny th- maybe... two and one are not fun. Oh. Destiny Destiny isn't a video game. It's a lifestyle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, also, the guns aren't fun as soon as you pick them up in Destiny 1. It, it takes about 12 hours to mm, finish upgrading them. Is Destiny they supposed to be fun? They feel good, though. <laughs> okay, the Destiny thing aside. Um, how's, the ma- well, well, how's the mouth feel? Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> Destiny has a great mouth feel. Um, uh, I'll leave the stripper joke away. No, but, like, the first gun they give you is, like, that glue gun, and it's, like, clunky and slow, and there's these enemies shooting at you, and I'm like, I'm wasting all of my glue because well, I can't hit these stupid fucking... I think that was going for more of, like, a dead space sort of, like, yes. this isn't a weapon. This is something you're employing. Like, it's a tool you're employing to the situation. Like, that it's should, a cool idea. That should like feel you, clunky. You freeze the enemies, but it doesn't, it felt like slow and the enemies are shooting all around me. And I'm like, I'm wasting half of my splooge trying to hit these fucking things. And it was just like, I was getting irritated. And then I get the wrench. Yeah, I, you know what I'm talking? Fish knows what I'm that, talking that about. That is incredibly clunky. I will admit that at the very beginning of the game, I almost quit playing because of that exact reason. That glue gun mm-hmm. shoots like two feet in front of you. And it's very difficult yeah, well, that- to hit the moving enemies with yeah. that shit. So. Well, that, and they give, give it to that. you against enemies that it's horrible against. Like, I... Yeah. yeah. You yeah. never use the glue gun against the mimics. They're yeah. hor- it's horrible against the mimics. You just no point hit the mimics with the wrench twice and you're done. Why would, why would you try to stun them? There's no reason yeah. to do that. So. Well, it actually takes... You, it, you have to upgrade the wrench before you can kill them in two hits. And um, I more like the glue gun yeah. as a puzzle-solving tool. Like, using yeah. it to make little yeah. staircases yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed that, like... Like the combat, I'm I'm not uh, too thrilled about in this game. Like, it it does nothing for me. It's yeah. it's not that as deep as I'd like it to be. Like, it, there isn't a great variety of enemies that I've come across so far. And like, I I think um, the thing it gets wrong that say Bioshock gets right is it goes for this overall feeling of helplessness at the outset, whereas uh, using Bioshock again as the comparison, it immediately gives you a sense of being able to hold your own. You you get right mm-hmm. in with the wrench and the electrobolt, and you get yeah. the one-two, and splicers are lambs to the slaughter yeah. for the most part. Mm-hmm. But then these heavier armored enemies and Big Daddy start being introduced. Yeah, Whereas You try Prey, to stun a Big Daddy, yeah. and all of a sudden, like, oh, no, no, yeah. that's not going to cut it here. Whereas in Prey, at the outset, I felt helpless against everything. 
Yep. Yeah, that that's where I'm at right now as far as combat goes. And um, yeah, that's definitely not where it shines. Um, where it does yeah. shine, though, is like the the many like different things you can do as far as like traversing around the area. Like, I feel like there's not one set path to get to another place. Um, even though there's markers on the map on your screen telling you where to go, like I didn't feel like I was by the way the environment's set up i'm not being pigeonholed a certain way mm-hmm. um at least that's how i felt you know within my limited gameplay yeah. um and like rich said the, using that glue gun to like get to higher levels is I mean, there's a lot of gratifac- a what? Gratif- well, gratification gratification coming in out there Gra- gratification 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 <laughs> I can't get no gratification. Gratification, gratification and satisfaction <laughs> right. put together. <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, you're absolutely yeah, right. But... It feels like the combat is like secondary or supplementary to environment exploration and kind of what's yeah. going on with the story. And to go off of that, um, so I guess we can wrap it up, is I know... Almost, not yet. Rich and I are the only two that really finished it. The the ending had some int- and I'm not gonna spoil anything. It's intriguing. It very... Yeah, it's worth keeping it under wraps. Absolutely, it's it's got an interesting twist. I like it, and it actually, in a weird way, sets it up for a sequel. Should they want to continue? And I don't know what that game they, is if they continue. Like it it's would a totally be an different interesting thing. game if they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it would be I you. I'll say I'll say something to you in private, Rich. Now that I think sure. about it, but <laughs> I, yeah, it's I, it's I an interesting ending. The... And I, if anything, you guys should play it until you get to the end to see the kind of interesting twist. Also, yeah, there's I this will... website, YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go <Right>. there <laughs> or that. Like, if you if you really want to, because I can see just being like, I want to know what it is. Yeah. yeah. Any more of that combat, and I'm going to put a gun in my... The two things that I think broke me on the game were that the gameplay loop for the first three hours is walk in this room. Find a dead body, pull the key card, walk to this mm-hmm. room. Oh, it's locked. Let's go on the computer. There's a red email. You have the code. Go in this room. There's a key card. Oh, mm-hmm. now you have to get this yeah. jetpack and then activate this switch to go out in space to fly to get a key card and, and open I another think, door. I think I was looking for another Bioshock, and I think that's what soured me on it a little bit. Yeah. Well, that and also, and this is a problem with a lot of games with upgrade systems like this. You need to get the movement speed upgrade to make the game playable. Like, once oh, otherwise get... it's a slug. Yeah, yeah, because you're gonna be cra- crouching and sneaking through most of the game, and which is very with, true. With, without that added twenty five percent movement speed, it feels awful. Like mm-hmm. that should not be a perk. They should give you that shit from the outset. It would just make that would solve a lot of problems as far as what if, how. Why the game would you be feels. crouching through the whole game? Because everything can kill you at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I yeah, I guess that's a good point. That's a good point. I would that space station I was just, feels like a do- giant death trap for the first few hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first five. Like at the five hour point, yeah. I got the I got like four neuro mods were put on my desk, and I was able to upgrade my wrench to the fifty percent upgrade, and that was what broke the game for me because I went to hit a phantom, and it still took like nine slaps with the wrench at fifty percent upgrade to kill it and i'm like this is i'm done like if i spend all of my upgrade well, i put every neuromod i had you realize make- you can charge up that swing 
and stealth hits do like almost double damage without upgrading anything. I'm not into playing stealth, Josh. That's not my style. I wanted to get the wrench. So your complaint so is that just... you can't walk up to the very strong enemies and smack them with a wrench two times and have them die. Yes, that's but that's, that's, that's your complaint. That's only my complaint okay. because I put. Josh, you can't be dismissive of that. That's only my complaint because I put every neuromod I had into the fucking wrench. If I'm not saying you should always be able to do that, I'm saying I invested every neuromod mm-hmm. I had into the wrench. I'm sorry, this isn't Skyrim and you where still you felt can powerless. invest everything yeah. and it still felt powerless. And punch the shit out of everyone. But you're not then, powerless at that point. And then I knocked it on the easy swing. You uh-huh. hit yeah, them you can, from stealth ways and you it. will literally knock them down knock them the fuck out, and you'll be able to go and finish them off without them hitting you once. And I think the main point to put there is that game never intends for you to be going outright with melee as your main course of action. That's that's probably why I hated it, is because I hate stealth. I, I hate stealth games, and I hate playing in stealth, and mm-hmm. it sounds like that's what this game wants you to do. So, Yeah, it, well, that's, that's, again, that's, that's the issue. They needed to give you some of those movement speed things because once you have those, it it basically makes your stealth speed the same as what your mm-hmm. original Normal walking speed is. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And once you get to that point, it feels fine. There's well, no problem with you... sneaking around if you're actually moving at a reasonable pace. Yeah. Yeah. And That's the just problem not how I is like that to... at the beginning of the game, I... you have to crouch everywhere and you barely fucking move. Yeah. I guess I just think it's fun in those games when you can play things in weird, strange ways. Like, I just, if I could have just bashed them in the head with in the wrench, it would have been at least humorous for me. Like, I wasn't really enjoying the game at that point anyway, but I wanted to find my niche. So that's where I was putting all my points. And yeah. then I even dropped it to easy and it still didn't, it still took just as long. So I don't know. Anyways, it is what it is. I mean, I didn't, I hated it, but it sounds like Shay really enjoyed it. Josh mostly enjoyed it. Fish, here's the question. We don't have to play it anymore because the podcast is done. Will you spend another second of your life playing Prey? Um, uh, actually, yeah, I would like to play some no, more. No, that's not but, what I said. Not uh, what I like. Don't give me these political okay. answers. Are you going to play Fish. any more Prey? Yeah. Yes. You're lying. He's lying. I can tell. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm going to go play it for another 30 minutes. Just to prove me wrong. wrong. Okay, you son of a bitch. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. As long as it's out of spite. I deserve that. I deserve yeah. that. Of course. It's the best Everything. way to play a game. It's the best way to do Shay, you had, Shay had said that he would have put this in his top five after finishing it. Do you still stand by that, Shay? Um, after finishing Hellblade, no. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Hellblade. But it's, it's a really good game. It's just bogged down by a little bit of pacing issues, like we talked about. And the beginning, yeah. the beginning of the game feeling overwhelming in the combat aspect. Um, really, really is difficult to get past. But once you get past that, you accept the pacing issues. It's a good game. Not a great game, a good game. A fun game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it was there minus a few tweaks, like I mentioned before. Like, the speed Mm -hmm. thing is an issue because they try to force you into stealth, and it's just too slow. Like, they could fix a lot of stuff with that, it kind of ends up with the whole Batman detective mode crap issue with you feel like you're using that scope all the time so you can see mimics before they just jump at you. I can see you. if that coffee cup's going to try and kill yes. me. Yeah. yeah, so you end up walking around, crouching everywhere with your scope on all the time, and I feel like like that's just too 
two things they could have, you know, just like they should have thought about what that was going to encourage as far as, you know, the mechanics yeah. that going on there. And it did not encourage a fun play style. Um, Morgan, you deserves better. And it's not prey, and it's not dirty bathrooms with fish snorting cocaine off of his member. He deserves better. Um, or she. I don't she. really know much about Morgan. Or she. Or yeah, she. You know, Morgan, yeah. you, could she be a she? In which case, the joke about fish on the last podcast is not valid, because that just crosses some other barriers. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 fun to, it's fun to discuss. It sounds like we're all over the place with Shay. We're all over the place with Shay. We don't know where we all land on Shay. (laughs) Well, I know where I land on Shay. Um, All right. Uh, Fun BioBreak article this week. If you're new to the show, we always like to discuss something briefly um, where we basically incorporate science or biology into the podcast because we have someone, Shay, um, who our beloved member here in Japan, has a degree in biology. And so that got us started on this whole fun podcast topic. So the article this week that I thought kind of fit the theme of sacrifice and just sounded plain weird uh, was entitled what some bugs do for love like sacrificing a leg and I'm reading this on sciencedaily.com and the summary is males of many species must compete for mates often using body parts scientists call weapons to defeat their opponents survive in some cases and then produce more offspring um so that's the gist of the article which kind of got me thinking about what if humans did that what if fish you know, had he was in a battle and he had to take his own limb and beat someone to death, and the end result, his uh, testicles were more powerful. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff in here, and this is real. This isn't made up. This isn't fantasy. This is in the bug kingdom. So, Shay, when you read this article, what were you thinking? Um, it was a really, really good article. I like this. Uh, I think this was perfect because um, I learned about this a lot in college. I actually. And I'm going to tell a quick anecdotal story and t- kind of tie it in. Um, it's not directly related. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was in Australia studying abroad, I was hanging out with this grad student, and she was doing some research on on spermatophores in crickets. And basically, I was like, she would put a male and a female in a little container and see how these males who have these spermatophores on their appendages, um, and that's not meant to be a penis, like they, they attach it to these little hair follicles after they create them, and how they would try and just mate with these females and get these spermatophores attached to these females. And um, I, I was watching one of these, and this male was trying to mate with this female, and she just kept escaping. So the male ripped the female's, one of her hind legs off, so she couldn't escape. Oh, so he can mate with her. And I don't rape. know why. That was the first thing I thought of. It was, it was so scarring. I was like, Jesus, imagine if humans That's brutal. did this. But, um... I don't, I don't want to be the one that, to tell you uh, this, Shay, but... But they do. Yeah. They yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, uh, I, I, again, thought about that as I said that. But, no, yeah. it's it's a really interesting article. Because Welcome to 2018. Yay. <laughs> what it's basically <laughs> saying is that uh, two different bugs from different, two different parts of the world, like one did um, the research in Perth, Australia, which is actually where I went to study, and one did it in Live Oak, Florida, studied these two different 
um, bugs. And basically, these bugs purposefully or accidentally lose their hind legs, so they invest more of their energy into their testes. And that's, that is a purposeful thing. Um, and it's very how does prevalent that throughout. Can you explain? What do you mean? How does losing their legs, like, cause I was getting them, like, how does losing the limb and the testes being more powerful relate to each other? So th- think about it this way. If, and I don't know the specifics. I don't know if everyone can understand like the actual physiology of this. I don't know if that's out there. I didn't quite research that aspect of it, but if I have lost an arm, mm-hmm. am I going to focus on doing things more with just my one arm? And like, am I going to put energy into that like shoulder area where I lost that arm? Or am I going to invest my, is my body going to invest the nutrients that I absorb, the energy I absorb into other parts of my body where that can use it? So if I lose my leg, I don't have to invest that energy and those nutrients into that leg that's no longer there. So where are the rest of the nutrients mm-hmm. going to go? If I'm an animal in the animal your kingdom... your balls, of course. Well, yeah. <laughs> Naturally. If I'm an animal in the animal kingdom, I want to reproduce as much as possible because that's the point of an animal is to reproduce and live on through your generations of offspring. That's the primary... One of the primary reasons of life. So to make myself more uh, reproductively successful and viable to females... I'm going to I'm going to show hey even though I don't have these long legs to necessarily de- defend myself anymore I got the biggest balls I have the greatest chance of producing offspring come mate with me and that's what ends up happening and um I actually just for your guys' information I pulled two studies cuz it reminded me of um the study work that I learned about in college so there's this paper called Antler Size Provides an Honest Signal of Male Phenotypic Quality in Roe Deer. Um, it was conducted by Cecile Vampe and nine others. And basically, the study finds that heavy old males of these roe deer invest more into their ant antler size to protect their habitat and their, their, uh, their entourage, if you will, of females. Whereas the lighter old males forgo putting energy into their antler size. So that shows that, you know, the higher quality males have more to protect. So they're going to invest in that. And then there's another one, antler size relative to body mass and moose trade-offs associated with reproduction conducted by Kelly Stewart and three others in 2000 shows that large bodied males with large antlers will invest more resources into antler development and reproduction at the expense of the body condition when compared to young males. So basically, young males will forego investing into reproduction until they're mature, which essentially is showing that they they have they want to they want to reproduce, so they're going to invest in that because they have more to lose at that point. So th- there's okay. a ton of research oh. about this concept and um it's cool to see it down to like such a small level of creatures, essentially. Open up for anybody have questions or comments or anything you want to mention. You're not obligated to, but um, just bugs are weird. Um, so, so Thank you, fish. It, <laughs> if I'm thinking about this right, 
Um, if Morgan <laughs> cuts off his legs, will his testes actually grow? Strong enough to walk Bigger? on. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I'm getting from this. Without article. a doubt. Did you ever um, see that episode of I South Park? Like, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> I I have not seen I know that it's episode, a joke, but, but I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it would go. Um, my concern is, or question would be, if a woman saw a you generally in the animal kingdom, if you look wounded or weak, you're not going to attract females. So if this uh, insect gets his legs chopped off, yes, his testicles are bigger, but w- wouldn't the female insects be less interested in them because they look maimed? Well, you know, the nice thing is the insects don't wear clothes. So while she's looking at the legs, she'll also see the testicles or the testes. No, it's uh, no, the testes are inside. <laughs> That's probably more. <laughs> That's external external bug teeth. testicles. I, I'm yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. No, um, they probably give and this, be a great this way is to a thing I, where identify would, them. Yes. No, <laughs> I, it's more like probably air. pheromones, like. They they have some sort of signal, whether it's like pheromones or some secondary type of um, signal that says, hey, I got the biggest testes out of all these motherfuckers. Come mate with me. There has to be some sort of signal there, obviously. Mm, cause you're so they right. could just if, sense if it. If I see someone maimed, I'm going to be like, eh... But if I if I like if I have a strong sense of smell and I'm like, oh, man. isn't that so weird? They're like they're feeling this strong, like sexual connection with this maimed. Like it's like a woman at a bar and she sees guys with no legs, but she's like, God, I something think I about can sense it. it. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. I mean, it's that's it's how I really met fish. No I could just sense than... from across the bar that he was just emanating down there. Some might say it's, it's no different more... than how humans work, really. I mean, like we have natural musk for a reason like males have a natural musk because that's how we used to attract females thousands of years ago i mean different stuff wouldn't you guys like to know like how you would survive and i do terrible sorry go ahead i uh, yeah yeah rich got my my joke i was just saying like what if like i'm scared to think like what if i was an animal like would i be one of the cool dominant males or would i be one of the weak animals like i i I don't even want to think about it like at least as a human being we can always find somebody and we have our intelligence and stuff but um makes you wonder granted it's not like i do great now like unless you're like hey you're looking for somebody who knows way too much about mario like, <laughs> hey, there are people that hey, I are looking been, yeah. for them. <laughs> you know, I may not be the most handsome Japan. bloke on the block, but I have a Nintendo mug. And let me tell you what. <laughs> you can drink some coffee the next morning that I will make um, for you. Yeah, so you can just, mug just do what Shay did. You just mm-hmm. move to Japan. And then so I know like I'm not much to look at, but I have a sarcastic t-shirt. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I sit Ooh. in the corner of bars, just uh, flipping this Johnny Cage pog. <laughs> that, that that pulls them in. And they're <laughs> like, "Who's that intriguing fella?" Yeah. I, I still I still I think Fish kid. has the best technique. Just kind of unassuming, and all of a sudden he'll flash them, and it's like the glowing aura from Pulp Fiction. From the briefcase. Oh, uh, yeah, when the briefcase. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, granted, one time I did have a girl come up to me to make a comment about the Mega Man 2 shirt I was wearing, Woo! and then she went back down to sit next to her boyfriend. <laughs> oh. And I was like, I no. bet he that doesn't is even skill. know 
anything about Mega Man. <laughs> uh, um, God, uh, distracted. Um, <laughs> no, but that's that's a cool story. It's a cool. St- I mean, the idea, like you say, as morbid as it is, like Shay was saying, the idea that I like to relate everything to humans because some people, you know, depending on your beliefs, and then we're all just one big system and all that. Like the fact that they are literally, like Shay said, in some cases, maiming. Ripping the legs off of the people they want to um, impregnate or whatever is just terrifying. And the bug world in particular, we do a lot of articles about bugs. I don't know if you guys have noticed that just by coincidence. Um, And I've been watching those stupid YouTube videos, Bug Wars, a lot with my lady. And I think the insect world has got to be hell. I think when you die... Um, if you're a terrible person, you get transformed into an insect of some kind. I hope we're all in the same colony. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Because if that's the case, that's what's happening to everyone here. (laughs) Because the insect world is terrifying. But Thanks for lightning us, Shay. I mean, I think it's an interesting, um, weird article, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to bog you guys down. I know, like, the extra studies are kind of boring, but it's it's important in the fact that it shows that, like, this study isn't, like, a rare case. That (laughs) it is a very common idea throughout the animal kingdom, and it's cool to see it all the way from like some of the biggest mammals in the world down to smaller bugs and insects. Yeah. It's really insects cool. are almost beyond animals to me. They're kind of like these freaky little demonic nerve systems. What I, I think is think, well, interesting about bugs is it's, it's like this whole world that's constantly going on around you that you basically pay no mind to. Yeah. 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 Well, and what's cool about it, too, is like something you get, I don't know if you guys have ever really thought about. Unless you watch like, A Bug's Life. That's true. Uh, <laughs> their their life expectancy is obviously much smaller than that of a much human. Shorter. So yeah. if, if there are going to be any ev- evolutionary adaptations and advantages that are going to pop up, since the generations happen, happen quicker amongst bugs, those evolutionary adaptations are going to happen at a much quicker rate than they would happen in a human being or a large mammal because of that short life expectancy. I mean, that's that's like live fast, die hard. That's like, I mean, can you imagine just going to the bar? Like what you're saying, Shay, like it's all condensed down and the intensity, like I'm just going to the bar and Shay's like, Hey, what's up, man? I was like, dude, I had a crazy day. I, I got into a fight with fish and he ripped my leg off. So I beat the, I beat him to death with it. And then I fucked his wife. You know, that's that. Eh, how was your Monday? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what the hell? yeah, I'm just saying, I'm putting it in human terms. That's all I'm saying is that's basically what it's like. Oh. Fish. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Cause Morgan's ripping off. Hide your legs. Everyone around here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 The Filipino Johnny oh, Depp must die. Um, <laughs> no, That's I'm exactly just how just... Captain Jack Sparrow died too. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> see that. I didn't see that movie yet. So thanks. Spoilers. I'm kidding. I don't. It's on I don't Netflix. Know. I was going to watch it tonight. Seen the last two. <laughs> well, no longer. No. Um. Uh, yeah. It's it's interesting because like yeah things happen at a much quicker rate so we see these like adaptations happen so fast and like we're blown away by it but really it's just normal time to them so it's crazy yeah. it's crazy shit because it's real and like uh like rich said it's just below our feet so um it's it's the stuff that nightmares are made of now as we wrap up the show here i want to say uh, first of all um thank you rich for being here thanks um, for having me back 
It's always fun. Uh, we it's been yeah, a long thanks, show, but man. yeah, we it's been a long show. But whenever you're here, we like to make it a nice event. Get used to Rich because hopefully he'll drop by from time to time as uh, one of our more familiar guests. Um, uh, otherwise, I'm just we're just gonna beat you to death with your own leg. That's what people that's just, always say about me, like when they introduce me, like yeah, get used to Rich because that's <laughs> unfortunately he's not going anywhere. He's, yeah. he's not he's, since he's he done. ripped his legs off. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's not. He's just dragging his balls everywhere now. Just part of the um, scenery. <laughs> now I'm just seeing like an ampu. Uh, um, so, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for stopping God. yourself before we had to. See, I caught myself on that one. Um, you can find all of his stuff, of course, at destructoid.com. I just go stories by Rich Meister on Destructoid, and I have a little thing on my phone because uh, I don't have time to read all of Destructoid stuff, but I know Rich, so I try to check up on his articles. Remember when I was I, blogging and your, my, face, my face used to be on your phone? That was, that was when I first met Rich was when he was a blo- he was blogging, and then he was on Destructoid, and like one day it's just be like, oh, Rich is here from Giant Bomb or something. It's going to be like, uh, like, what's your um, end? Like, I'm sure you've thought about about it what's your mm-hmm. like dream end goal for you uh honestly i think you actually said it i'd uh Gi- giant bomb would be a place i'd love to end up man that would be that'd be a pretty nice right yeah see it, that seems like a cushy work uh environment mm-hmm. seems hard too With, seems yeah like- that's just <laughs> it and it's uh <laughs> it seems they like they don't have a lot of turnover there no no, they no, they do not. But you know, you know, who knows where things are at ten years down the line? Yeah, giant bomb or something like that. You keep building yeah. that resume. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say I don't uh, enjoy working at Destructoid. There's great folks, uh, a lot, a lot of folks, and it's uh, obviously a different, uh, you know, the remote aspect of that work. Well, if we make it big and start making lots of money that dream's gonna shift my friend (laughs) (laughs) that yeah never never rule that out never never rule out anything that's what we always say um so you can find all of Rich's stuff on Destructed, of course, if you enjoy them. I was going to say, Rich, real briefly before we let you go, I, wanted to, I usually go over some of your articles. I don't have time to do a lot of them tonight, but sure. I did want to highlight your 10 games of the year as I'm reading here from Destructoid.com. I'm going to fly through them. Yeah. Um, how about this? Uh, we're going to play a game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list the game, and you have to comment on it in less than five seconds. Sure. Okay, one sentence. Brrr. Number 10 for Rich Meister was Night in the Woods. Uh, Night in the Woods. That's a fun... Uh, I'm not... <laughs> see, I panicked. I'm just messing with you. I'm not, uh, you go for it. Like, I'm just saying like very Yeah, brief, as so. far as uh, I don't dip into the quote-unquote walking sims that often, but mm-hmm. I think Night in the Woods like handles that beautifully. Awesome art, awesome mm. music. It tells a, an interesting story that I think is very relatable for uh, yeah. anyone, you know, Who's ever been a lost twenty uh, something? Yeah, that was one on my short list since we were only allowed five. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the characters are super, super well written, and there's game. so many great things to go down. Like, uh, I actually want to sit down and play that again, and maybe engage with some of the characters a little bit more that I didn't the first time around. Yeah. Um, Pyre was your number nine. We've talked a lot about Pyre. Pyre's great. Um, anything real briefly to say about uh, Pyre? I 
Supergiant does great work. I think that's one of their best. That's another like art and music coming together in an amazing way in such a weird gameplay hook that's so deep if you let it be. Number eight, I was shocked you put the Evil Within two on there. That one, whoa, 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 what's going on? That one snuck up on me. Uh, I bought that somewhere around its release, played like an hour or two, and never really got around to it. And then all of a sudden, I picked it up again during a weekend, like during Game of the Year crunch, like as it was creeping up on me. And I ended up liking it a lot. And I thought the first game was forgettable, but I thought this kind of takes everything the first game had and just did it better. Like, the narrative's a little bit confusing and hard to wrap your head around, but I read a Wikipedia article to brush up on the first one, and it's... The gameplay's just fun. I feel like that's my proper uh, Resident Evil 4 successor. Uh, seven, you had Cuphead, which is seven spots too low, as it was the Chompcast <laughs> game of the year. Yeah, you guys messed that um, up. It was weird. Yeah, uh, weird. Cu- Cuphead's great. I don't really think I need to comment on that. Like, that's... I'm sure you guys have said more than your piece on that, and... It's a great little Josh game. was the Josh was the only one that didn't put it in his top five, so he'll never hear the end of that one. Um, but it probably would know. have been around seven. It's listen, it in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in another year that thing would have been higher, but 2017 was one hell of a year. Yeah, six. You had Player Unknown Battlegrounds. So so much of a time sink that game was for me this year, and uh, I'm not typically drawn to multiplayer experiences, but. PUBG is something else. Like, it's a weird thing. I still play that probably at least two hours a week. Five, you had Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I think last time I was here, we talked briefly about uh, mm-hmm. Wolfenstein. That's just another sprawling, like, one of the best first person shooters in terms of story, I would say. Like, the shooting mechanics aren't particularly tight, but. Uh, the moments and the story in that game are phenomenal. Uh, rightly <clears throat> so. Number four, you had Resident Evil. This is exactly where it was before Fish fucked me eternally. It's where it belongs. My, my, my girlfriend actually was like, you know what? You give Fish so much shit on every podcast. It's only karma that he would somehow find a way He's got to it. fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm still That's how that works, that. Morgan. I think the VR aspect is definitely what probably pushes it over the edge for you and I. Yes, yes. Uh, if, if it wasn't in VR, it wouldn't have been in my a, top 10. It's a different... I think it still might have been. It would have been significantly lower. It might have been, like, at 10. Because uh, I think it puts uh, Resident Evil back on track as a franchise. Because uh, Re- Resident Evil 6 is a bad game. There's no other way to say it. Awful. Um, and I will say this, and and I'm letting you talk about yours. I don't want to employ it on too much of you. This is your list. But I think the thing that no one else can appreciate if they don't have VR is that it is a killer app for VR. It is yeah, the it's the one thing you can put in VR. proof of concept. <clears throat> yes. And Josh thinks VR is stupid, so it's impossible to get through to him when it comes to that. I'm just never um, going to get it on uh, the PlayStation VR. I, I, the thing. It's the most so. serviceable of those headsets out there. I mean, granted yeah. now... Five is putting out a wireless adapter, and I think that's a game changer. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and is it on PC too? Resident Evil Seven? No. NVR? It is a no. For right now, I I don't know if it's timed or what the deal is there, but as far as I can yeah. tell, it's not going anywhere. For and a lot of those timed exclusive deals are starting to fall through. You're starting to see stuff that was mm-hmm. previously Oculus or Vive only, like trickling its way onto the other headsets. Yeah. 
I imagine it's, it's I, eventually going to be on PC because all the other Resident it's Evil on games PC, are on but PC I don't at think... this point. Sony has so, had some on. tight deals with Capcom in the past, so you never know. Yeah. I think it's on PC, but it's just maybe not... It's not it yeah, matter. not the VR No, no, yeah, yeah. The, the VR portion of it is only on PSVR. Yeah. That's can, what I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't make that clear. Uh, but yeah, the VR aspect of it is solely PSVR for now. And uh, Capcom's going to find a way to f- fuck up Resident Evil 8. Super Mario Odyssey is your number three. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting to have a Mario game that high up after so much time. Uh, I don't know where I fall on how it didn't creep higher, I guess. It just... That's a great Mario game, but there's stuff I just plugged away at and enjoyed more this year. Like Legend of Zelda Breath yes. of the Wild, which was your number two. Mm-hmm. Destructoid's number one game. Oh. Uh, By the way, the Destructoid's PS4 game of the year was... Nier Automata. Nier Automata. Aut- Automata, Automata, however you want to say it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Whatever sounds better off the tongue. I really tried to push no one for, knows how to say for a different game that in that game. spot. Mm-hmm. That may or may not be You're my number one game. basically seeing the Macarena until you get to the hay part, and then it's Automata. Yeah, so that's there. fascinating. Yeah. So it, you guys all voted, and Gosh, it actually that was your beat worst out. joke. <laughs> it is. It's awful. It is. We gotta but you're gonna have that stuck in your head for weeks now. Hey, and I, I am proud of myself hey, for it. Automata. Automata <laughs> <laughs> two, mata three, mata yata. Yokotaro. Okay. What's Richard's number one? Um, <laughs> the game he pushed for that near beat surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Persona Five, yeah. Uh, I think I've I've spelled my Persona rants on this podcast before. That game just Persona Four Golden mm. is way up there on like one of my favorite games ever, mm-hmm. and I think Persona Five like pu- brushes up against that in that way. I think some of the character stuff in Persona Four was better, but uh, Persona Five feels like that franchise has hit its true AAA status, like. It's it does awesome things. I put like two hundred hours into that game this year. You're just a sucker for. I know you, Rich. You're a sucker for t- old school turn based RPGs. I really am. I turn based combat is my jam. I think mm-hmm. the that's the slice of life stuff that Persona does. I love too, which is or is the kind of stuff I liked in um, Night in the Woods. My number ten. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's, I don't know, man. I just love that game. I'm actually mm-hmm. in the middle of a replay of uh, Persona Four right now. I I try to get Shay and Fish to try it eventually. Like I, we don't it's have to daunting. fight about it. It is, it yeah. is very daunting. Um, but I just like because Shay lives in Japan now, so I would love to have his perspective as someone who lives in Japan and like because that game is basically you're living the Japanese life, and I just think that'd be a really cool perspective to have. Um, and Fish yeah. grew up in Japan, so I would just I, I know they're both afraid of it because they don't think it looks that amazing, but I would just want to hear their perspective on it one day. Um, but Rich is selling it to you guys. He's selling it hard, all right? And uh, one, one of the main things I always say is uh, people ask me for like an entry point on that series, mm-hmm. and I always say it's Persona 4, uh, namely because that's the one that sort of streamlines the mechanics, and mm-hmm. I think the big twist of Persona 5 is lost on anyone who hasn't played another Persona game. Really? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, like the murder mystery in 4 was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. The investigation team is definitely one of the tightest, like, character arcs they've done, uh, like, Persona-wise. Like, some of the characters in 5, like Haru, 
I feel like she's their biggest failure. She comes in way too late in the game. Uh, you don't really have the time to explore her character, and nor the drive to. I don't think she's that interesting. So maybe one day we'll all, down the road, a year from now, we'll all play a bunch of Persona games, then we can get together and drink some beers and talk about Persona. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. Play some, we could play some Persona 4 Arena, uh, the Persona fighting game. Ooh, yeah. Who needs Tinder when you have a bunch of guys getting drunk talking about Persona? Yeah, Am I right? Exactly. exactly. Am I right, Internet? <laughs> that sounds like a reasonable replacement. <laughs> uh, these guys are going to kill me because the show's gone long, but the last thing I want to say, and then we can wrap this up, is me and Josh... I've talked about this before on the podcast. Our, we, have, we think the dream uh, revolution could be a Persona mobile game where you're only allowed to play the day in real life. So you can never progress past the actual day you're in. You know what I mean? I don't hate that. Um, you could do simple turn-based combat on the phone. Um, you could, let's say you start in the game late. You could catch up to whatever day people are on. Mm. But if it's May 1st, you can never pass May 1st in the game. And the cool thing is everyone who's playing the mobile game experiences it at the same time. That's yeah. interesting. Isn't that cool? I think I can get behind that. My, my big persona push always was, and uh, there's a piece I did a while back on Destructoid about this, was I really want a game that adopts personas day by day go to school, balance uh, life and fighting in the X-Men universe. What? That's, that could work. That's, um, yeah. Why X-Men? What about Final Fantasy? Come on, that would be pretty uh, nice. Yeah, no, but like it, the, the X-Men thing for, like it would be nice, but yeah, but oh, that's kind it's of like a story. Yeah, the X-Men, they, they never touch yeah. on it. thing for me is... That's true. Yeah, you spend a day just going to your classes at the Xavier Institute, and by night you're getting on the Blackbird and being dispatched on missions. That that people would love that if it was yeah. made well, people would love that. Yeah. Um, Logan is an incredible movie. Maybe okay, I just well, really I, want a turn-based X-Men RPG. <laughs> Pers- Persona Six better be adults, or I'm fucking out. I'm See, tired I, of the teenage shit. I don't it better be- think that. Uh, I totally disagree with you on that. I think mm-hmm. you lose something without the uh, the high school aspect of it. I can't relate to kids anymore, man. Like I'm an adult. I got adult problems. It's like, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Somebody had to say it. I think there are some the... great adult characters in Persona Five. Oh, there are. Yeah, but I think without yeah. the perspective... yeah, we were trying to fuck your doctor. But I mean, that's the exception to and the not rule, even just that. Know? Like Sojiro is such a good character. Yeah, like, oh, he starts yeah, off. He's amazing. Like. Being like, what's with this guy's fucking deal? But once you learn what that guy's Who's fucking Sojiro? deal is, is he, uh, your guardian. Is oh my god, who? Uh. Your guardian? What are you yeah. talking about? Lesai. Oh, oh, the the older guy in the cafe who yeah. owns the cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, see, I didn't like how they were all assholes to you, and you save this girl from being a sexually assaulted, and everyone's a fucking asshole to you. That's like, a how... that's a very cultural thing, I think. Uh, a j- and, Japanese. But it's, it thing? also speaks to like his position of power, which is something I think you could relate to even here. Hmm. Just bothered me. I'm like, I saved this oh, girl yeah, from no, sexual assault, like, and everyone's mad yeah. at me. Yeah, you stopped a, someone from being assaulted, and everybody's like, "What a fucking annoying dick." Uh, can, that's like the weirdest premise for me to be, start. There'd be no payoff if Sojiro didn't come around. Like, you start to learn why he is kind of acting that way. Yes, and yes. it. I think it has a great payoff, and that's the main thing. And that music, doot, 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 would be my runner-up soundtrack. Yeah. Nothing was that's beating near, but that great soundtrack. Yeah, near does yeah. amazing stuff with its sound, but uh, Persona's up there. The gunshot, I still remember that weird gunshot yeah. music when I would go in there. That's that another, great social, another great adult character is that uh, the gunshop owner. 
Um, but yes, you can fuck your teacher and you can fuck your doctor. And, and if you fuck your teacher, she lets you slack off in class. God damn it! Now Fish is interested. Fish is going to buy it right now. <laughs> Um, this is all the, this is all the fantasies that Fish taught me talked about when we were in school together in middle school. We would just sit around playing Digimon and talking about all our dimensions. Like, wouldn't fantasies. it be great if I had a Digimon and I could fuck my teacher? <laughs> what if you know Mrs. So and So took my Digimon away in class? What if I went back to get it and she just you know, locked the door? Like, like you like Agumon, huh? Yeah. See, that's a taboo subject for people even joke about. But yeah, it's, I don't care. It's uh, um, it's a little fly by the, the seat of your pants in the implication of. That relationship yes, in Persona yes, 5. Yes. Everybody just lighten the fuck up, all right? Lighten up. It's a serious yeah. matter. It, it is. If Persona but, allows it, it's okay. All right? That's I, how it I works. think that's a terrible <laughs> way to live your life. <laughs> that is not a... <laughs> yeah. That's not a If rule. there's one thing you can say, it's that everything in an anime is normal. Yeah. <laughs> anime has never been heavy-handed with anything. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh... And me and Josh will agree, Air High Five, the best Persona game of all time is still Catherine. I'm excited for the new version of Catherine. Uh, I am too. A game Come that's on, Josh. not heavy-handed at all. <laughs> yeah. Josh isn't I'm most excited about it because my PS3 died, so I haven't been able to play it in forever. I had sadly. a weird uh, retrospect on why I'm more excited for that. This might be a thing that slips by. Um, Persona 3 actually got, uh, years ago, a re-release on the PSP, Persona 3 Portable. Mm-hmm. And the work they put into that, if that's a testament of the work they'll put in this version of Catherine, like, I'm a, that game had, uh, the big change was at the beginning, you could select to play as a female protagonist. And if you were playing as a female protagonist, there were all new social links. Um, there was all new music. That would be amazing. Um, the There's ma- a third Catherine in this one. Did yeah, you hear yeah, about that? There's yeah. a third Catherine. That's what I'm saying. Like, if they're doing that same amount of work mm-hmm. with it, then, like, this is going to oh, be yeah. great. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm definitely going to play this again. And th- this is my, my biggest uh, spoiler for that version of Persona 3. Is anybody going to get mad if I spoil for Persona 3, like valid spoiler warning in? I no, I played think we're past the... Yeah, I was, like yeah. valid spoiler warning for anyone listening if they don't want to know. Um, there's a character in Persona 3 uh, named Shinjiro, Shinji. And one of the main late game arcs of for Shinjiro in Persona 3 is he ends up dying. Um... And you lose him as a party member. In Persona 3 Portable, if you're playing as a female protagonist, and you have his social link up to 10, he survives. You don't get him back as a party member. He's in a coma. But he doesn't die. Interesting. That, that, that's a good point about the work they put into it. And um, It's the power of feminine yeah. wiles. Yeah. If, if I ever like to piss anybody off right before the show ends, we can all agree the game of the year in 2011 was Catherine over Skyrim. And if you're like, in love, you can survive a gunshot Catherine. wound. Mm-hmm. Shay's just looking at me, but I can't goad him into an argument right now. He's probably ready to get on the train and go have fun in Japan and enjoy his day off. Um, we can wrap up the show. Uh, go ahead, Shay. You want to say something? Oh, he's got his swipe right face on. <laughs> <laughs> he's ready. Um, yeah, so we perked right up. We started my persona. Anyways, good to have you on the show as usual, Rich. Yeah, thanks. And, um... It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm sure next week's show will not be this long. I, the joke was I kept saying the shows will not be this long, but we had our last Chompcast of the year, and then Game of the Year was long, and now this show's long. I'm just a liar every week. But I think that the shows will start getting shorter again. Um, but that's a problem we have. We have too much good shit to talk about. Most big podcasts out there it's a good do not problem have that have. problem right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, take that, 
everybody else. Um, anyways, share the show with your friends. Make sure you leave a kind rating on iTunes, wherever you listen to it. The ratings help uh, fuel the fire of Sword Chomp, breathe life into our veins. And um, Is that you where you fun- want something breathed into? I don't think so. That sounds dangerous. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Awaken the husk. Bring the husky fish back to this world. Revitalize his shell with life. Um, Again, I don't know much about husky fish, but I don't think they have shells. He's a beetle. I just imagine fish being like a Heracross um, in spirit. that's his favorite Pokemon. Anyways, um, and again, you can find us on the at Swordchomp Twitter and the at Swordchomp Instagram. So I like to put this at the end of the show now because if you're listening, you hear this and you go do it. Go rate us. We love you. Support us. Um, we're growing across 4,000 subscribers this month, and we've been out there meeting every single uh, one of the people that listen to us, and it's been an awesome community. So thank you. And that's going to do it thank for the you. show. We will see you next week. Till then, peace out. Yeah. <laughs>